are listening to the Chompcast, the official podcast of Sword Chomp. And remember, you can always go to swordchomp.com where you can access the many places our podcast is available for download. But if you're listening to the show right now, that means you found us. So welcome to the madness that is the Chompcast. You can find us on Patreon too if you want to support us. Patreon.com slash swordchomp. Uh, your support means the world to us. Look for our VIP or tier. VIP tier, if I can say that property. Um, properly. God damn it. This is gonna be, it's gonna be a long show, guys. More on that later. Um, uh, and hopefully I will evolve into a better speaker throughout this podcast. And that's sort of what our show is about. You know, life finds a way. We evolve, changing over time, hopefully for the better. Uh, unfortunately, in some rare cases, evolution fails us. Insert Anthony Fisher. Uh, but generally speaking, evolution is a beautiful way of existence. It's the nature of existence. And the topic of the show this week is just that. The philosophical nerdy quandary, can a franchise change too much? And if so, should it even keep the same name at that point? We take sides, we debate, we have a grand old time with help from the Chompcast community. Polls were um, a fun random idea that we started and they have evolved into something truly special for the at Chomp Instagram community. And we are going to discuss the results for topics including the new Destiny expansion, Will it pull people back in? Assassin's Creed boss battles. What? Um, kind of ties in the topic of the show. Dragalia Lost. Nintendo has a new mobile game. And Puddlegate. Puddlegate. That's right. You heard me properly. Um, we also received some early access codes for a new strategy game called uh, Flameberge. And we are going to do... <laughs> How does it pronounced, Josh? Flam- Flameberge? You, you're, Flam- you're close enough. Okay, thank you. Josh started laughing on the camera, and I started to panic. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I'll say that more toward the end of the show, because there's a good chance you've probably never heard of that game. But it's going to be a lot of fun to talk about. It's always cool when we get codes for something. It makes us feel special. Um, It's a cool little little strategy game that's in early access right now. Uh, It's going to be a fun show, all that and more. Let's get to some intros. Up first... Looking at me through a cloud of vape smoke on the webcam. His name is Anthony Fisher, a.k.a. the Filipino Johnny Depp, a.k.a. Fish, a.k.a. Lazy Boy, a.k.a. Hamster Jammer, a.k.a. the River Fish Sticks, a.k.a. the Boner Champ, a.k.a. It's Your Boy Fish, a.k.a. Sizzle Chest Cod Boy, a.k.a. Gala Fishhorn, a.k.a. Russell Yo Jimmy's, a.k.a. Fuckabilly. Joins us. How you doing, Fish? Hey, 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 it's your boy Fish. <laughs> R- rustling your jimmies and oh. ga- gallering, horning your faces right in. That's me. Gallering, horning your faces. Yeah. Sorry. I always get that galler horn mixed up. I think the communities. Is it galler horn? Galler horn. That galler horn. <laughs> that's the southern version. That's the galler horn. It's different. I guess that's why fuck a Billy in me. Yeah, it's your, that's, the fuck, that's the fuckability in your fish. It's okay, it comes out. Uh, that, the joke there, basically, I put it on our at Sorchum Instagram page today. I'm having people try and help us decide on Fish's uh, nickname. We got so many. Is there any that are sticking out so far, you fish? I mean, there's a lot of good ones in there. From One that caught my eye was Hamster Jammer, which made me really uncomfortable. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one made me uncomfortable, too. Between that here. one and uh, Rockabilly? I think the logic of rockabilly the... was was pretty funny though. No, it was yeah. a fuckabilly, fuckabilly because you're a fuckboy and a rockabilly. 
<laughs> I don't know. I I, that I logic heard, is so weird. I read that one by uh, uh what's his name? Um, uh, Professor Layton, I think, oh. was the handle. He said Sizzle Chess Codboy. Pretty sure that one was pretty funny. Sizzle, I don't get it. Sizzle Chess Codboy. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's just it has a has a nice ring to it. Okay, sizzle chest cod boy. Yeah, saying with your chest, obviously cod because it's a fish, um, and boy. <laughs> there you go. Also, fish used to be addicted to Call of Duty when he was a young teenager, so you could have a double reference there. See there. See <laughs> it all comes together. Cod Life boy. finds a way. Okay. Microfish. Someone said microfish. We have fish fingers. Marmalade Smasher. Somebody went this. This whoever sick underscore Nartini is. They went crazy with the nicknames. Um, yeah, they did. What's a motherfucking slam pig? <laughs> I don't. I don't <laughs> best you not ask questions about that fish. <laughs> did I ever slam a pig? If you have to ask us, that's probably a concerning. Uh, well, you should, yeah. know, you should know distinctly. Um, mm. some Corin Space said it's your boy fish, B O I, it's your boy. Fish. They like the the slang there, so because you a fuck yeah. boy. Everybody yeah. thinks you're a fuck boy now. What is what has happened to you? You've now what been happened? you're Why? now a, mic, a micro penis fuck boy. What is what is going on? Wrestling Jimmy's. I don't know. I don't think I'm gonna take any of these screen names. Actually, I'm offended. Wait, uh-uh. there's one that's called uh, Gay Fish Dicks. Uh, That's a South Park. <laughs> <laughs> says G- that made me laugh way more than dicks. it should. <laughs> yes, Shay sh- went crazy. What was that last one, Fish? What'd you say? After Pimeal? the fish one. Pimeal? Yeah. Okay. Pimeal is uh, the guy who suggested G gay fish sticks. Okay. What are you leaning toward? And obviously, the ones I put up on the poll were like, it's. You know, like Russell Yo Jimmy's, I fucked that up, Josh, because I spelled Russell like someone's name because I didn't know the mm. phrase. It's actually Russell, like, you know, rustling leaves. R U S T L E. So I fucked yeah. that up. For some reason I put Russell like someone's name. Huh. Russell Crow. Russell Yo Jimmy's. <laughs> That's how I pronounce it in my head. That's how I see it. <laughs> what do you mean? Okay, Morgan. The Boner Champ, I love that one, but no one voted for that, and it kills me in my soul. What are you leaning toward, Fish? Come on, right now. You don't have to make a decision, but what are you leaning toward? What's the clubhouse leader, before we move on, for all these nicknames? Three, two, one, go. (laughs) Ectolodge. Russell, yo, Jimmy's. Really? That's the clubhouse leader? Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Gallifishhorn isn't bad, though. No, it's not. I won't. Fisherman fish. Fisher, Fisherman <laughs> fish. <laughs> Ectological. Uh, suggested that one. I kind of like that too. Yeah. And some people just like the classic It's Your Boy Fish. Anyway, glad you're here, Fish. Um, mm-hmm. Up next, of course, from Japan, the one and only Professor Layton. Shay Layton is here. Um, yo, yo, yo. Yo, yo, yo. How you doing, Shay? My interstellar brethren. That's right. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. right. That's right. We need to play that this weekend, actually. I I just got the hankering to play that this weekend. I did get a picture of Shea up dressed as Matthew McConaughey on the VIP. So, um, uh, I do rock an astronaut suit. I really rock it. (laughs) 
Uh, what's funny about that is like I cut this. I, I ended this picture. It took it took that picture from like one of your profiles or something, and for some reason it just fit the astronaut mask perfectly. So I hey, don't know. See, I look good in space, man. No, the joke there for our VIP followers in our community is basically me and Shay found a, a very interstellar like planet that was like ninety percent water. Um, so although it would be cool, like Shay was saying, if they could be completely water, uh, if they just like just a little just shallow enough to land, but not actually like very any land physically sticking out of the water i mean it wouldn't really be practical but it would be kind of cool right if it was just all water like in the moon that would be cool you like have to find the one like island where you can land your ships and then it's just like this diverse water planet but we can discuss that later when we discuss our no man's sky adventure a little bit later today it was cute though anyways uh glad you're here shay of course thanks Thanks. as always um, <laughs> you're welcome. You sounded super depressed, as always. You know Glad that. I'm welcome. You're always rustling my jimmies. Hey, fish, do you know what rustle your jimmies mean? Actually, no, Josh, do you know what the term rustle your jimmies means? What's the slang mean? The slang. Well, you, you know, like if you had to, if someone said, I've heard the phrase rustle your jimmies, but I don't know what it means, how would you explain it? Oh, um, it would be fish attempting to say something else, but just using yet another <laughs> malapropism. Um, oh, using big words there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> if you have a malapropism that lasts more than four hours, you need to consult your doctor. Um, oh, or keep fucking. So one of the two. Mm-hmm. Four hours is just that's foreplay for fish. That's barely getting started, really. Mm-hmm. They usually tell me they have to go to work before I can. <laughs> I <need> to... <laughs> hey oh, hey oh! I really come need on, to go. fish. I gotta practice my guitar. <laughs> Hurry up. up! No, you do not rush me. That guitar will be there. I will always be here for you. Hmm. Jesus! Wow. I don't know wow. if it was the lag. I don't know if it was the lag or if it was the fish accent, but I heard. You do not rush me. That, that's how it sounded. Hmm. That's my fuckability. Or fuck, <laughs> fuck Billy and me. What's funny uh, is that the, the, uh, the, first, the, the fuckability, that, see, fuckability's growing. The show is almost selecting fuckability as we move on. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, when you Google Russell, your jimmies, it just says uh, to bother someone or to make them feel upset. Um, which I did not know. Sounds mm-hmm. dumb, but, you know, I like to learn those stupid things. Hmm. So, anyways, Josh, uh, here to rustle my jimmies, as always. Glad to have you. Mm-hmm. The ultimate Jimmy Rustler. Um, that's why it doesn't really fit Fish, I don't think, because yeah. even Although, it's, it's a funny... I'm actually the other sort of Jimmy Rustler. Take your jimmies and change the brand just slightly on their thighs. Call them my own jimmies. <laughs> You're my Jimmy now. Um, Josh, do you remember? Uh, do you remember now? Uh, do you remember Josh in 2016? What my this is a friendship test here, and it's it's win win for you, okay? Because if you win, 
you get to predict it. And if you're wrong, you get to look like an asshole, which is good for you. Win-win, really. Yeah. So, uh, do you whatever remember I, what Mike... Whatever happens, it's on brand. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what my favorite character of 2016 was? Favorite character? I think what even came out that year. Fish says he wants to steal it. He's raising his finger. It as wasn't to steal Cuphead, it. was it? Like, I know that wasn't a favorite oh, Cuphead character. Was last year. That, no, that yeah. was last year. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm getting my years confused. Two years ago. Two Josh. years. Okay. Yeah, first, uh, first, first game of the year show we ever did. Ah. Okay, I'm getting my years off. It's been so long. I'll give you a hint. The Sword Chomp character of the year was Nathan Drake. And oh, we were not right. happy about it. Uh-huh. We were not. We. we were I not. was. I was happy. Okay. You want to let Fish steal it? I assume <laughs> yours was just Laura Croft, the same as every year. Well, that's <laughs> it's still Lambo. Laura Croft from the '94. Laura Croft is still my mm-hmm. favorite character every year. Okay, '96. So, <laughs> yeah, the pixelated. Uh, well, do you fish? Do you remember? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Roadhog from. That's right, Roadhog. Uh huh. Okay. I was, that's why I was setting you up, Josh. Because this is an Overwatch. Play-on. Okay. He went, he went into a big detail about getting that. What was it? That that costume that had like. A, Anchor and very, very captainy type Sharpie. of uh, called Sharpie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the name of that costume. Well, there's two of them there's a costume called Mako, and then there's a costume called Sharkbait. So, mm-hmm. but uh, the reason I bring it up, I was gonna, I've been uh, we had two, it's a couple of really cool listeners coming in in the clutch for us. I just so, just as a joke, I was like, man, I kind of felt like playing some Overwatch on my new Xbox One X, I wanted to just see how it was gonna run and all that stuff, and um. So I had the itch. So I just put on my private Instagram, like, hey, if anybody has an old copy that they're not playing anymore, it's like two years old, and you want to hook us up, donate it, that'd be cool. Uh, And then, like, two people came out of nowhere, Epidemic, which is a VIP, and he actually has a story that I'll get to in a second here. And then uh, Crumkey, one of our listeners, Crumkey, has basically, um, they sent, they don't, it gave me a brand new copy of the game. It came with, like, the loot boxes and everything. It's like the game of the year edition which I in no way, shape, or form asked for or expected. So thank you, Crumkey. That is super nice of you. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, it is very cool. So I've been playing a little bit of that and enjoying my Roadhog. And I got a, I showed you this earlier. Let me see if I reach it. I got a Roadhog Pop. Um, now, I don't, I'm not a big pop guy, but the cool thing is these are like the expensive ones that are like 15 bucks, and it doesn't look like a pop figure. It just looks like Roadhog. Mm-hmm. So, He's already kind it, of round enough as a character that uh, yeah, making him a, you know, a Funko Pop doesn't really change the design all that much. No. Yeah, no. and that and his mass, you know, hides those dead eyes. But he's got really <laughs> big dead eyes. Almost. He's got like giant dead eyes if you look at it almost. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I actually really like the design set. of that one. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Well, they're larger. Well, I think they're larger from what I was seeing. It came in like a big box, but I yeah. have to. Comp- yeah, it's larger than the traditional Funkos. So, anyways, I figured like one thing I always try to tell people, and they ask me like. People ask me all the time, like, do you collect a lot of junk? And people on Instagram, they're always, like, posting their collections. And my thing is always this. I post the things that, like, have touched me at some point in my life. Like, instead of collecting 100 Funkos, I have two. I have, I have Roadhog and I have mm-hmm. Laura Croft. Because those, those are things that mean something to me. 
and they, and they jumped out at me. So I yeah. small things like that is is what I usually go for now. Mm-hmm. Because you never know when you're going to move out. But anyways, I wanted to say thank you to those listeners. So I'm playing a little uh, Overwatch on the side. Maybe I can talk a little bit more about that next week when I actually spend some more time with it. I got Fish a copy. Epidemic is coming through. Here's a fucking crazy story. That was kind of a long intro, but this is interesting. Our friend Epidemic, he's one of our VIPs, he literally ordered it from GameStop, and they've just been fucking him all week. Um, again, didn't ask for it. He was just being nice. He was like, hey, I can get you a, a digital copy. And I was like, well, Josh plays on PC, and Shay doesn't really have an Xbox. So uh, he was like, well, maybe Fish could use it if you really want to get it to us. And then he was like, all right. So he ordered from GameStop like on Monday and then they fucked up his code and he still hasn't got it. And like, I think he actually ordered it Sunday and it's literally been Mm. an entire week. And so, you know, that's an indication of what GameStop's kind of going through at this point. It's like, come on. He ordered a digital, it's a code. It's a fucking code. They've, I feel like they may have, they may be, I don't want to say on their way out, but they're certainly going downhill because like, it's hard to say. I mean, it, when I was when I was overseas, you know, a little over a decade ago now, like I would order stuff from GameStop because they'd even set they they'd send their used games international. Like if you pay for the shipping and stuff, um, and their customer service was good enough that one time I ordered a used game, they didn't have a copy of it, so they sent me a new game, like still in. The wrapping and everything, just because. Oh wow, that's they cool. ran out of stock of the used ones, that's and like sent it to me on. at basically on the same schedule as if, you know, they were just shipping me a used one right from the store. So it's like, yeah, like that's that's I wouldn't even yeah. expect that sort of service, but it's, yeah. I I just think right now, and like we don't have to go too much into this. I think just GameStop is just having some issues because their CEO randomly stepped down and quit for personal mm-hmm. reasons and I'm sure they got a new one in but I mean they're already they're already like trying their hardest to keep up having a difficult time with that on top of that your CEO randomly quits um I just feel like it's like they're trying to you know they're doing their best to keep up but they're just they're not going to be able to in the long run unfortunately and when when you're trying to like when you're trying to compete with the digital market on one side but you're also dealing with like some in-store inner turmoil or in-company turmoil it just yeah. doesn't make for a good recipe unfortunately not that i'm uh an apologist or anything like that i just i could understand where where the uh the uh the yeah. issue lies within that company unfortunately yeah. and it's sad yeah it's sad and maybe it that's is. a nostalgic thing but uh for me it's like it's one of the last brick and mortar stores yeah uh, for our medium so it sucks at the end of the day, whether or not you like GameStop, whether or not you agree with their price points for everything, which mm-hmm. is the butt of many people's jokes. I think to me, it's just it's it's a sad it's a sad way to see kind of gaming go. And we've talked about this many times, yeah. you know, looking at cover art and stuff like that. So it's just unfortunate. Yeah, I don't know. I, I still think they're going to need to kind of transition into sort of a boutique sort of a store at this point to continue like really i kind of feel like they could since bookstores are having a hard time at the moment i feel like gamestop kind of has an opening to be the place where you go to play magic like if they you know kind of brought that sort of thing into the repertoire like just make gamestop a place you want to go to just be so 
I think the tricky thing is a lot of cities like the one I live in, Josh, have like two small hole in the wall magic store places where they mm-hmm. go. So like maybe in a, maybe if there's if your city doesn't have that though. But yeah, yeah, you're right. Maybe they need to evolve. But and look, I agree with you, Josh. And look, I didn't mean I I didn't want that to sound like an anti GameStop rant. I was just I wanted to just explain the frustration that one of our VIPs had been going through um, as yeah. a way of saying, you know, thank you for you know dealing with that you didn't have to like they tried to do a nice thing and they kind of got fucked over nobody knows why so that always sucked mm-hmm. <laughs> um but yeah i generally agree with you guys the sentiments on GameStop. but anyways um yeah so it's it's gonna be a fun show by the way i'm morgan uh from montana and uh we got some we got some cool topics on the docket today um first and foremost the topic of the show is basically about game evolution we're going to get some thoughts from the Instagram community at Swordchomp on Instagram. Uh, every Thursday, by the way, you can chime in on the question of the week, and we will grab a lot of the comments and read them, talk about them. But the idea this week was sort of spawned from watching Assassin's Creed come out, and people seem to be really enjoying it from the coverage I've been reading, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, but it is very much a different thing. It's, it's got loot. It's uh, more about uh, like an open-world action game. It has boss fights. And, like, there was, you know, the first Assassin's Creed game that I remember playing back in, I think, was it 2007, uh, was a far cry from that. It was basically sort of a linear stealth game with uh, mild open-world elements, and it's uh, everything evolves. But it just got me thinking of how crazy that is. Like, people are talking about a boss fight in Assassin's Creed, and it basically has been forced to change or evolve to survive, uh, especially when they want to keep churning money out of that franchise. So, Shay said he kind of wanted to play around with the idea of taking sides on the debate. I'm always up for any fun ideas. You know what I mean? For sure. Um, for so sure. what are you thinking, Shay? Like, you just want us to pick a side to, to debate? Or, like, what do you think? Yeah, 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 for sure. I think two of us should pick four, and I think two of us should pick against. And we just, we just have a fun debate, play devil's advocate, whether or not we necessarily agree with our side, we just do it. And I think it'll be interesting. Um, See if you can. Okay. Yeah. And then afterwards, you could very, very, very briefly say, this is how I actually feel about it. <laughs> but, but it's fun right. to Yeah, make. yeah, yeah. For yeah. sure. But this for is sure. the... Um, okay, well, I'll, I'll take any side you throw me on. Uh, what do you want to be on? I'll what go against. You? I'll go okay. against. I'll go against the evolution. Against the evolution. Okay. Well, I will go against the evolution, too, so we can pair up the unlikely pairing of Josh and Fish. I, want to see I love those it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's cool, because Morgan and I yeah. almost, we rarely take the same side. This is exciting. Yeah, just got us uh, sorted by length. This is good news. <laughs> sorted by length. Oh, no. <laughs> well, if we're, bas- if we're basing it off of length, Fish has got Aww. Morgan and me both beat already. Josh, you're superfluous mm-hmm. at this point. <laughs> Fish got that um, BAC. BAC. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> why you're whispering that I don't know, <laughs> but that's all right. You're my partner, and I support you. Sometimes the less, <laughs> sometimes a lot of things. You're doing well whispered. with this. Okay, so let's the case for gaming evolution. Let's look at two powerful examples: Resident Evil evolving into Resident Evil Four, one of the most critically acclaimed action games of all time, a far cry from the original Resident Evil survival games, and something like Assassin's Creed that has evolved into. A loot-driven action game with fucking bar- boss battles. Yeah. Any example you want can fit. Those are just two I threw off the top of my head. If you guys have another one, that's fine, too. 
Um, okay, Shay, Shay, lay down the foundation. What is your opening argument for against? Um, I think first off that, you know, when you, when you have a certain level of evolution, you really alienate your fan base. I'm going to use, for my example, I'm going to use my favorite game series of all time, which is the Shining series. Um, Shining Force, or it's actually the original one started out as a, as a dungeon crawler. And then Shining Force, that was Shining in the Darkness, then Shining Force 1, 2, and 3 were all, like, tactics games. From there, they've had these kind of weird iterations. When it got to the PS2 era, it became basically, like, this hack-and-slash, gauntlet-style-looking game, in a way. And from there, it's become this uh, open-world, pseudo-open-world, JRPG, generic bullshit. Um, and to me, like being a fan of that series for as long as I have, it just it really has alienated um like the most recent one has really alienated uh you know like watching footage of it like tons of YouTube footage. I just feel like essentially you know it just it's just like an alienation to try and stay current or try and capitalize on what's popular at the time, and that's not good like the like when you build that foundation of people within uh within a concept you want to keep those people happy and it's difficult because you're never going to always keep everyone happy but like if you have a huge drawing or a huge crowd of people and then you completely flip the script on that and you expect them to support you through that like that's that's not right Okay. Okay, that's a good starting point. Let's Okay, so um okay, yeah, good start. Okay, Josh, um you are for. You're com- basically combat what Shay is saying slash yeah. give your own. I mean, the representative from Japan makes an interesting point. Um <laughs> But if you're just trying to keep the same people happy every time you release a new game, you're still going to lose some of them. And you're not going to make anybody else happy. So you're going to end up with a smaller and smaller fan base every time you come out with a new game that's the same as the game you already released. Uh, so it's it's not really a great business strategy. Um, the exception being the few games that are just kind of genre-defining, such as the, the Call of Duties and the, the Maddens. The, the games that are the same every year that somehow mm-hmm. there are enough people who just play that game that they'll buy the new one anyway. Um, but besides those games, there are, there's really nothing else that has really done well with that little evolution from game to game. Everything else people get tired of. Okay. Well, I would say this um, to the representative from Michigan. Uh, thank you for your statement. <laughs> um, I would say that you're right as far as a business strategy goes, but you know what? I'm not concerned about the business, Josh. I'm caring about me. I'm the selfish gamer, and what I want is what I want. And you know what I want is the franchise I fell in love with, okay? And when you take that away from me, it's basically a different thing at that point. Why, why even keeping the name? You know what I mean? I wanted to walk around and play a survival horror game, yeah, Resident Evil 4 is a great action game. Yeah, I get it. 
But I grew up with Resident Evil 1 and 2, and those games mean a lot to me, and that's what I want. Why not just call it something else or make it something else? I feel like you're just using the Resident Evil name to, to, to sell copies at that point and leaving me in the dust. And, you know, that's fine. If, if evolution is okay. Spinoffs, new ideas are great. But when you call it Resident Evil, I'm expecting something from that as a fan. So that is my frustration with the situation. Um, how do you feel that's, about that? that? Oh, yeah, that's good, a good go. point, Representative from Great Falls, Montana. Thank you, thank you. Not even all of Montana. He's just from Great Falls. <laughs> yeah. The rest of Montana won't yeah. let them speak for him. Or thank won't you let for them being so specific them. about my location. <laughs> <laughs> right, right by the Missouri River. Uh-huh. Want to give him my the... address while you're at it? <laughs> uh... <laughs> I don't know. It's you make a good point about. Sorry. Uh, No, Uh, there's a good point in the fact that, yeah, you want to keep your series around and keep that same kind of comforting through line with you know each iteration, each sequel to each game that comes out um, with the that shares the same name, but. Um, that eventually just grows stagnant, like Josh is saying. Like, eventually, like people are just gonna grow tired of it. Like, for me, like Call of Duty was big. I fucking loved Call of Duty, and I played the first, the second. I played Black Ops, but then after that, I never played any of the others because I knew what they were all about, and had no real need to want to get online, play with friends, or anything like that. Just because that game is kind of just remain stagnant you know you you, we all know the the gunplay in call of duty whether you like it or not is practically the same since modern warfare um from call of duty 4 and like yeah just having everything just grow stagnant over time like there's going to be people out there who are going to feel like this 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 isn't do it cutting it for me anymore and that's why these companies want to uh, reimagine these games in a new light and reinvigorate their fan base and make subtle changes to these games, like in Resident Evil 4. <clears throat> Going to a more action-y type of uh, gameplay style, complete with, you know, what was hot back then, which was quick-time events. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. uh, that was... It sort of fitted that genre, <clears throat> and they used it in unique ways, and yeah. yet they still kept, you know that survival horror type of feel to it. And it was still that Capcom Resident Evil um, uh, world that they've uh, sort of built with the characters and everything. So yeah, uh, I'm always for reinvigorating a franchise with a bit of evolution. And yeah, because, you know, games, uh, I'll fall off games that are just, you know, uh, World of Warcraft, for instance. Um, <clears throat> that game... You know, it started as an RTS game, and they came out with, like, three different games for it, but then eventually they came out with World of Warcraft, and, like, they they just took that. It was almost not an evolution of it. It was more of them, like, following the market and seeing where people's interests were, which was, back then, MMOs. And... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me stop you, the, the representative from uh, Texas. That, that's a great point. You make a lot of great uh-huh. points. 
But you start Thank to you. spiral into taking the the characters and things from one game and making an entire different game out of it. I'm not sure if that's quite in the realm of what we're arguing about today, um, if you don't mind. But let's just uh, take the first things you said. I do mind, actually. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Yeah, I'll let no, you, you respond. You, you make a lot of great points, and I didn't. I wouldn't say I'm going to respond next. If someone else would like to chime in, that's fine. I just think we should. Your original point. Now go in. Go in hard. Go in hard. That's what do she it. said. Um. So, well, here's what I would say to you, representative from Texas. Um, <laughs> uh, Josh is holding up Fallout Three, World of Warcraft, and Tomb Raider. For example. You know, Tomb Raider is a great example. Great, that was great minds here, Fish. I had the, oh, I had yeah, the same example there. Right. Yes, sir. That's why we're on the same <laughs> oh, side here. That's hmm. concerning. You guys are sharing the same mind. Um, you know, they, but here's the thing: the t- new Tomb Raider games are fantastic, but they're not Tomb Raider. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they're there's good. So many franchi- you know what? And that's fine. Maybe you feel that way. I don't. <laughs> well, I do. I do. They are good. They are good. They're they are really good games. Um, but why take the name? It's because you want the money. You're not brave enough to start a new IP with new ideas. You want to keep the people that know the name. I think it's more about, it's, it's all business. It's just, hey, that Tomb Raider, you know that name. Check out our new thing. It's a whole new thing, but we're just going to kind of take various bits and pieces Dang. of that thing, call it a reboot, and you'll buy it. Well, sometimes there are interesting ideas there, but the game isn't good enough to keep going with an identical series. Then stop it forever. Let it die. That's exactly what I just said there's not a reason to do. The ideas are good. Like the 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 world building, everything else you've got going on with the characters and everything still has legs, but the gameplay is going to need to change. For anyone to give a crap about it, um, for example, now since I already brought it up here, since uh, so I was showing fish the other, Fallout Three was a drastic shift from an isometric top-down RPG to a first-person role-playing game with just a mm-hmm. massive world that really, really really took those ideas and, you know, made them accessible to a huge audience, a huge audience compared to, you know, what was a fairly niche series up until that point. Did they keep the core ideas of Fallout 3, would you say? I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not familiar with the Fallout PC games, although I'm obviously familiar with their existence. More or less, but yeah. They kept the fundamental, okay. It, it's, it's, they're all basically the same world. Um, what they focus me, on is a that little feels different. More, to me, that feels more like a natural extension of the game than like a complete shift in dynamic because there was limitations to what they could do in the older Fallout games. Uh, clearly, mm-hmm. they, they couldn't achieve the scope that they wanted to achieve, achieve with something like Fallout 3 until the technology caught up to that scope. Once it did, they are able to do what they wanted. Um, whereas... I think you can make the case between like Fallout 3 and New Vegas to Fallout 4 where at first it was like a, an open world survival game and Fallout 4 partially that but it's also turned almost into a sim game where you're building settlements and you're basically trying to keep other settlements happy and keep people mm-hmm. within the settlement happy. What's that's not what the game was, you know, originally predicated on. Why why are we 
why are we playing a, a simulator game well, within a world that's largely been about survival up to this point? I mean, they were kind of there. You'd always make those moral choices about that that would affect the towns. It's just you had less of a role directly on them. They just they they put you in charge of them more so in the later games. Uh, but I think some of those were themes that were already hit on. Well, I think the tricky thing, if they had yeah. completely changed Maybe. the game to that shape, well, I, mean, I think like, that would be trickier. Yeah. I mean, like, for example, the first town you get to in Fallout 3, since you're doing the whole 3 to 4 as an example, the first town mm-hmm. you get to, they worship an unexploded nuclear bomb. Like, obviously this is bad for them. You should maybe help them out. These poor idiots <laughs> don't know what's best for them. Like, it, it kind of seems like they were headed in that direction. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... the. And the the thing is, like you see, you see the change directly. Um, you you come in, you're not. And I see what they were trying to do, and I I know we're getting hung up on Fallout, and we can keep moving on from that. But I see what they're trying to do with the settlement portion, where like you start the settlement, you get to see it grow, you get to see it develop, and you go from there. And for me, I feel like they just missed the mark because it's like. All the cities that you go into or all the places in Fallout, you really, like, they each have their own character. Like, since I had been playing Fallout 4 recently, you go into Good Neighbor, and it feels like this kind of grimy-ass place where it's like there's some nefarious shit happening in the back streets of this city. And then mm-hmm. you go to somewhere like Diamond City where it's like this is the the shining beacon of the wasteland in the Boston uh metro area it's like it's where people go to feel safe and secure amongst just this tirade of shit and just killing and super mutants and raiders so like these these cities like even the smaller ones they just have their own feeling they have their own like almost culture about them and then you want to they they want you to build your own city but they don't give you the ability to really form that culture within that city. Like they give you they hmm. give you the basically everything else to do within that city, but they don't allow you to develop your own culture. It just it feels like it just feels like this hollow representation of what you want to experience in Fallout. And that's why I I you know sit here and bemoan or maybe bemoan's not quite the right word, but I just feel like they they took this sim game and they're the sim element into the game and just didn't fully commit to it. It's like they were like, we want to be survival, but we want you to feel more included in the game and the choices, but we're not going to fully give you those choices. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's a well, that's the thing, but Josh, I know you want to launch back into Resident Evil, and I think the tricky thing is. Um, no, actually, go ahead and make your point first. I I think well, you'll take in the right direction. No, but I I I I kind of feel like when corporate interests become the main driving force behind some of these decisions, whatever decision they make, it's not done with the best and 
best intentions, you know, with with the game in mind. For for example, going back to Resident Evil as a series, you know, when Resident Evil 4 came and changed the formula so much, um it was still a survival game. It was still really well-tuned. You, you ammo was you know, a, a difficult resource to find. It yeah. was it was a stressful game. Corporate saw that, and then for the next couple games, you ended up with just complete action. Like there was no survival element. There was basically no horror in it anymore. They saw that four brought in a new market and thought, okay, this is what we're doing now. Let's make, you know, over the shoulder action games. And did just that. And so the next two games, we got basically no change again. We we ended up with the same game two more times in a row with just, you know, minor cosmetic changes and nothing of substance to really talk about. And yeah, that yeah. that unwillingness to change ended up really hurting them again. After, after they'd make such a huge change, they were completely unwilling to change again. Because they mm-hmm. they thought they'd you know they'd struck gold. Let's 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 keep everything exactly the same. Do you think there's a difference between evolution and change, though? Because I think what you're talking about is kind of like just a, a progressive evolution. You look at something like the Pokemon games, where they've largely been the same, but they slowly build upon each other, generation by generation, and that always feels natural. That always feels progressive. But then you look at something like the Dead Space series, which we all loved the first one um, very much. All four of us did. And you look at it from one to two to three and just that drastic shift, like exactly like Resident Evil. They went from this horror survival game that just evolved into this action, uh, just this purely action driven game. And it destroyed the the Dead Space series. Uh, well, you look at something like Bioshock, which again was this horror survival game with a brilliant story, same as Dead Space. And then you look at it from Bioshock Two to Bioshock Infinite. I liked Bioshock Infinite, but it was a drastically different game than the first one. And there hasn't been a Bioshock since because whether or not it's you know was the, it though? Yeah, it was man. I mean, like the, look, the look systems at the were basically identical. Like, even though they're trying Maybe. to tell a different story with a different socio-political driving force behind the world there, basically you end up with essentially the exact same gameplay trying to tell that story because they aren't willing to change. Well, yeah, you got the gameplay is the same, but you look at everything else in that game and it's drastically different. I mean, it's not a horror survival yeah. game and well, I, mean, I guess by, it depends aesthetic, which aesthetic purposes yeah. it's um you look at who you're actually fighting you're not fighting these weird creatures anymore you're fighting humans you look at the story maybe those socio-economic and political underpinnings are there but at the end of the day it's a drastically different story than the one you played in the first one yeah. and it's just well, like I... pretty much everything but the gameplay about that series uh, like the the actual gunplay and your your power-ups and stuff like that have really changed and it it's killed a lot of series when they make those changes i think what my partner in japan is is alluding to 
um, and they can help them out a little bit here because we are on a team, <laughs> is the idea of an evolution as opposed to a reboot. You know, there's a, an evolution is more of a natural thing that you see, a progression, even in some cases where it becomes a little more action-y, like Resident Evil, whereas like a reboot is like a complete reimagining in some ways of what that game even was, but it still keeps the name. So there, and, and within that, there's a lot of gray area. There's all these forms of evolution, and then you have something that's a complete mm-hmm. reboot, that re- reboot that keeps the same name, uh, like Tomb Raider, right? Tomb Raider is basically a complete reboot. It just keeps the name. So there's a lot of gray area in there, but I think that's what we're discussing is the idea yeah. of, of being a fan of a game, and then it changes into something else. How do you feel? Like, you're making good business sense, Josh, but, like, as a fan like of something, when it changes so much to where it's almost unrecognizable, you sounds like you're logical enough just to say, well, I get why they did it, and this is a cool thing, but are you a little bummed that it's not what you wanted anymore, or, or at least were into at one point, or is that for the better? Well, let, let's, let's stick with Bioshock Infinite for just a, a moment longer, because I think that's a really interesting case study because of, like I mentioned, they, they didn't change the combat much at all. You're still fighting mostly humans, but with... Mm-hmm. minor superpowers and then occasionally a huge mechanical thing yes it's yeah basically the exact same the structure combat, is kind of the same yeah, but yeah. they completely try to tell a different story like i like i said it's instead of instead of you know unrestrained um you know um libertarianism um being the the big bad from the original ones, which they'd, you know, already done two games and DLC to boot with it, worth of ideas, like, how can we show this is bad? They switched to essentially the opposite. Like, let's let's go with an ultra-nationalistic, fascist society. You know, America. Um, for the second one, but the... None of, none of the combat really gelled with that. Like, it didn't even really make sense. Like it, it didn't fit the themes or anything. Like, I, I feel like they wanted to keep stuff the same because they knew it was a proven formula. But they either, you need to pick one or the other. Like, I feel like just trying to change one thing and just shoehorn in the part that everybody still loves did not work for them in that situation. Like, they, they either needed to, so the to change more that, yeah. or change nothing. Because they they tried to keep just enough the same to keep all their old fans, and I don't think it worked out that well for them. Yeah. Yeah, Fish, do you have a final thought before we incorporate some of our listener comments here as you've heard our back-and-forth arguments uh, Uh represented from Texas? Yeah. uh, Well, I feel like uh, the the naysayers say that, you know, uh, evolution of a game should they want to make that jump and change up the formula of those games, they should just leave the franchise behind and start a new IP, which I I could get behind. Like, honestly, you know, I'm not necessarily loyal to a franchise to where I have to buy that game every year. If if it's a yearly game or it comes out every few years, you know, uh, evolution in a game, I want out of you know this industry like it's what propels it forward it's what keeps it fresh and new it's what keeps people's interest in these games and 
um, if we were just playing, you know, the same series over and over again with nothing truly evolving in those games, then like I think this industry would slowly die off. And but I understand that you know going forward with these games with new ideas and keeping you know that name behind it is mm-hmm. a good business uh, a good business model for them to kind of follow because they they can kind of pull back you know oh remember this game uh that you guys love so much well we're you know either rebooting it or making it better or changing up it in a drastic way but you know kind of keeping the same themes of what makes that game um that game in that franchise so uh i guess it, it's almost a, a quandary between you know if a game has grown stagnant or a series uh, that a studio feels like uh they don't necessarily want to make any more of it um and have to you know go to another game I think it comes down to, you know, should we just drop the name, start a new IP, <clears throat> and get people excited more for the studios instead of the name behind the game? Um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like and that... I don't know. That's not how you debate. You don't ever end your debate point with, I don't know. <laughs> Some confidence, man. God damn it, Fish. We were winning. We were winning. <laughs> oh, no. In closing... <laughs> In closing, (laughs) (laughs) well, that's Fish's final stance. Eh. So, where do you guys actually stand on this briefly in like 30 seconds or less? Did you guys have an actual stance or not? Or not really? I I, really, I think it's somewhere in between. Um, Like, I feel like generally start a new thing. That way, people don't bring a ton of preconceptions into it. For example, uh, Bastion to Transistor to Pyre, all of them great games, all of them, uh-huh. you know, top down RPG ish sort of things. They've got li- you know, bits and pieces in store in in common. Lots of emphasis on storytelling, but since they're not like a series all tied together, people don't bring baggage into them, and so you end up with unique experiences that you don't that just aren't aren't tainted by expectations yeah. coming into them. Yeah. That's fair. I uh I, I'm somewhat similar to Josh. I think I think I lean actually a little bit more to yes that uh change should happen for a lot of reasons. I mean I did mention the dead space and the Bioshock thing and it breaks my heart because like those companies were trying to do what they thought was best and they're trying to be maybe somewhat progressive or maybe they were just trying to capitalize on what's going on in the industry, but you cannot stay stagnant in a video game world. Uh, you look at something like Fire Emblem, which is uh, a series that Morgan and I love, and it's, a great, it's great to play, but when you've played one, you've played it all. Yeah, and it's kind of yeah. actually, in, in all, in all yeah, actuality, you have to go even like, with my favorite you know, half video a decade. game series. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. And that's it's the same with Pokemon too. Like once yeah. I played one generation or two generations, I have to skip a few because it's like I get it. And it's the same with mm-hmm. my favorite series. I mean, they have made those changes and I actually love those PS2 games. Um I've actually genuinely considered buying that generic JRPG knockoff um of that series. It's it's something that has to happen in order for new and exciting 
experiences and opportunities to happen in video games. Uh, Josh made a really good point with uh, Fallout changing, actually, um, from what it was to what it is. You look at Grand Theft Auto from what it was to what it is. That change has to happen. And it's unfortunate that it alienates people who want largely the same thing. But if they come out and tell you, hey, it it is going to be a part of your favorite series, but it's going to be a vastly different game. Uh, They've warned you, and you got to be ready for that. The only issue I have with that, which is why I am partially no, and this is the last thing I'll say, is when companies use that IP because you have that established fan base to try and do something totally different, which shouldn't even be a part of that IP franchise because you're trying to maximize your potential with those fans by just putting a name on it when it does when it does, has almost nothing to do with what it was before. Yeah. I, I, I it's, it's to me to me I get it in a business sense, but to me as a consumer, to me as someone who will as a fan, it feels grimy at times. Not always, but at times. Yeah. I I agree and I disagree there. I I feel like the difference here is the difference between all of the Sonic license stuff and more or less all of the Mario license stuff. Um, like Sonic did everything basically with no standards whatsoever. Um, just so we could get that fix. Um, and you ended up with a lot of crappy, crappy games with, you know, his face attached to it. Whereas it, generally whenever you got like a Mario Party or a Mario Tennis or a Mario Kart, you still get the lightheartedness and just general fun of kind of what they were going for with a Mario game, even if it was a completely different thing. Um, so they still they, they kind of... I feel like there are varying degrees of success people can have with that for sure for sure for sure but that that takes into account something i think that's completely different from this conversation because you take dead space you look at isaac he's he's a cool character but he is not iconic and what i Mm -hmm. mean by that is he doesn't transcend generations of consoles uh cultures across the world where you look at something like mario they could almost make any type of game with mario and it will be successful because he is that iconic. Same with The Legend mm-hmm. of Zelda's Link. Uh, there are a few other characters in the world, video game-wise, that transcend that to where you can put them in any genre, make that drastic change, and it's okay because of that iconic nature of the character. But when you're talking about a series, not the iconic character, that that's some, I feel like that's a like mm-hmm. a divergence in that conversation almost. Well, I get what you know, you're, I get your point, the... but I also, I feel like you have to take that I- iconic character's nature into consideration when you consider you know, this. When I, hear, when I hear you, Shay, and Josh talking about that, that Mario thing, it makes me think about how weird it is that Mario is basically one of the few series that is basically just the same thing after all these years. And people still enjoy it. If you think about it, that, that's not to demean the quality of Mario Odyssey. It's basically a, well, a prettier version of something like Mario 64, right? I mean, it's how, Mario almost gets away with less evolution, I would say. Or does, the, am well, I just talking out of my ass? A little bit. They, they, they release a lot of crap in between that everybody somehow still seems to like. 
for example, basically all of the new Super Mario stuff that came out for years there between Galaxy and Odyssey, mm-hmm. which were they were they were just rehashes of the SNES era Mario games, like with yes, with literally nothing, nothing worth making you come back to them, and somehow everybody still loved them. Um, I mean, gra- exactly. granted, they were still really solid platformers. Like if if you love platformers, they were still a good thing to go back to, but. There was nothing interesting remotely mm-hmm. about those games, and there was there there was there were half a dozen of them, and they bored you me to tears. You know what that reminds me of, Josh? Maybe if your game is good enough, if your game is so timeless that in some ways you might not have to evolve. Mario, Pokemon, those games are so timeless that they don't actually really have to evolve that much into a different thing, right? They evolve, they change a little. Yeah. Well, but why that's don't the interesting thing. Because like, like I feel like saying they're iconic. Yeah. They they hang on that. But are they iconic because the character, or are they iconic because the original games are so goddamn good? I think it's a little bit of both. But I I really feel like a lot of it's just the gameplay being so good. Um, I mean, Pokemon is just it's just a solid series. Like it's it's simple, it's straightforward, and it's it's just fun. Like it's, it's just like a, chess. Chess doesn't evolve. Not anymore. Like it did for hundreds of years, mm-hmm. until you ended up with shogi and chess as it is now. Um. But now so that now that it's been distilled fr- down to yeah. what it really needs to needs to be, you, yeah. there's there's not really a reason to change it anymore. You know what's weird about that? When I think about things like Resident Evil and Tomb Raider, which we've already mentioned, it, it's always it's always the games that were really cool at the time. But we're very like representative of just that place and time that need to evolve more. Like the really classic games, if the more I'm thinking about it, don't really feel as much pressure to evolve because people will still will still really love them, and that's interesting. It just there's there's nuance there. I'm not trying to say anything blanket like Zelda, but what one thing that's really interesting to me is, um, and this is probably the last thing I'll say on it is. That some of those series have taken some interesting risks, and it's end up being like a more niche market. Like you look at, to me, it's it's one of the biggest crimes in video game history that Super Mario RPG isn't up mm. there as one of the top RPG games of all time. Uh, it's a it's an incredibly tight game. It's an incredibly fun game. It's such a different. It's it's such a different. Uh, atmosphere and game and from a gameplay standpoint compared to the other mario games and it's so damn good like the writing's good everything's good about that game and not enough people have played it or talk about it and it's it's, to me like that's that's a huge change in a series and it gets it gets looked over and i think sometimes those type of things happen too like you have the core you have the core gameplay elements or you have the core games and then you kind of have those side games that people randomly just fall in love with in a series that don't well, feel like yeah, it's a spin a part off of the though. main thing. It's not yeah. a, it's not, an, it's not an evolution. That's the tricky part. Mario RPG isn't an evolution of Mario. It's a spin off of Mario. I think that's the tricky. I don't. Diversion. I don't know if I don't know if I can agree with that because like Super Mario RPG came out around the time that the Final Fantasy series 
started really picking up at around the time that six had come out and at the time seven was getting ready to come out. It was, it was Mm. essentially evolving in a way to, you know, like I mentioned earlier, capitalize on what's going on in the medium at the time. Cause RPGs were huge during that time. So super Mario or Nintendo threw its lot in with super Mario. And to me, it paid off. I think it's a great game. There's a lot, you can tell there's a lot of love thrown into that game. It's just interesting that sometimes evolution is just com- goes almost completely unnoticed, and then like we like we have this discussion like we're having now. Mario's largely not evolved. It's it's pretty much the same thing from beginning to end, from where it first started to where it is now. But then they have taken those risks and tried to evolve into something else on the side, and it hasn't. Yeah, the side, the spinoffs. They're brave with their spinoffs. We say that we we can say that here looking back, but like think about it this way: say super like in an alternate universe, in a parallel universe, Super Mario RPG did take off, and it was the best RPG at that time. Would we still be playing the Mario games we're playing now, or would we be playing Mario RPGs from here on out? And that's that's kind of kind of the point here. Like we can say now looking eh. back, yes, it is a spinoff, but had. You know, had history happen. I think it's differently. I don't know. I think it's always a spinoff. I mean, instead of having Square continue to make them, they just they started making them themselves. Uh, we ended up there. There still is a Mario RPG series. Um, a couple of them at this point. They the the Paper Mario series has still continuing. The Mario and Luigi mm-hmm. series are still continuing and we still have the yeah. mainline Mario games. Like even in this one, like I, I feel like, I feel like they let someone who made RPGs that well make the first one. And they took all that information and have just done it themselves since then. Um, and it's been different. It's, they're not the same as it's not the same formula yeah. as the original, but it still is an RPG with way more, interaction during the fights than what was popular at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think my, my closing thought here, and then I want to read some of these comments. Of course, we went a little long on this topic, but it was a lot of fun and that's okay. You know, we're just here to talk and let it go where it goes. Follow the, uh, the chaos of the conversation. But yeah, I think my final takeaway is just when I see a lot of these games, like doing what they're doing, like with Assassin's Creed, I see developers that, or a company that just wants to make something else, but they're just not brave enough to call it something else because of how tough the financial era of video games is. And that, that's what I see. I see a, a company that wants to make a different kind of game. They want to make a game that's very much um, a product of the times, and, but they want to use the you know, sort of license they already have because it's going to be easier for them to sell and get people excited about it and have them buy $100 collector's editions. And, and that's fine, but it's kind of a bummer because behind the scenes, I just see these people that would rather be making something unique and new. Um, and they're sort of yeah. stuck. But, but they also run the gambit of tarnishing that series as well if they try something new like that. So, you know, they're taking a risk at that point. Uh, evolving this their series into something that's wildly different than what it started out as so like <clears throat> yeah they they should take that risk if they want to 
try something new and they're just tired of the same old formula making just changing up you know the different location and all these assassin's creeds you know and adding small little mini games or something different in those games but yeah changing it up drastically like yeah that's something great for them but it, from a business standpoint like using the name and showing something new that that's a big risk like in resident evil 7 like it is very risk yeah it's very it's risky. a big risk for them to take so um but risks are good right risks are good but they're scary they, you can't sit in a room of good, suits yes. and, and sell a risk it's not easy <laughs> it's no. not easy to oh. sell a risk um you know fish is oh god i had a good joke about not using condoms but i'm not gonna go there um no i think it's that's a fair point uh as far as i want to read some comments here um Sometimes all you need is to add fuck abilities, and you got my interest, aka Far Cry 5. Same damn thing. Um, with Reckless Abandoned Gaming said, eventually, Assassin's Creed and Watch Dogs and Splinter Cell will just have to become one big franchise orgy, right? I mean, they're basically the same thing set in different time periods. Um, I know I'd have a nerdgasm if Sam Fisher ended up being in the, in the Assassin's Creed lineage. That's kind of comical. Their takeaway is they're sort of melding all their franchises into one big melting pot, and eventually you're just going to see, like, Sam Fisher as, like, Assassin's Creed. That's kind of funny. <laughs> That's a good comment. Shay, were you raising... I saw Shay raising his hand on the webcam. I don't want to abandon him more. What were you saying? No, we were giving each other a high five. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, he was left out of the high five. Yeah, about you not using five. condom jokes. Yeah. Yeah, I still in a way made it without making it. Um, Corin and Space said, I, I think games as the years pass have to evolve. It may tickle some people the wrong way, but over time it has to be done wrong. You know, I kind of like to be tickled the wrong way. But that's just me. Um, I'm partial to it depending on the franchise. I'm more burned that developers are charging 30 to 40 bucks for a season pass or garbage content that often feels stripped away from the base game. Um... Mr. Hicks 2299 said sometimes it's good like Resident Evil 4 where it still retained a lot of what made Resident Evil cool but the ones that followed kind of dropped the ball. Now Josh you were saying that mm -hmm. is like they found that that new thing people liked and they just they actually sanded away the few things that made it Resident Evil. So where yeah. it was just the things that made it new. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. like god damn it. How could they do that? That's the danger. That Yeah, and that's sort of the dangerous evolution, right? It's like, man, they really like this one new thing we're doing with the game. Let's well, just push that and get rid of all the other stuff. <laughs> I mean, that's what happened to Call of Duty. Mm -hmm. Like, oh no, it has to be modern warfare from now on. Like, that's that was their takeaway from that. And so they made the same game for the next, you know, all of them. Until, what's know, Well, that's shit about that. Just what's recently. shit about that example is... I remember when they when they made uh inf infinity or infinite warfare infinite warfare mm -hmm. they made yeah, infinite like warfare and I think that game was actually good a lot of people didn't like that game and I'm sure it's something to do with the multiplayer which I never played but the single player in that game was awesome it was it was a really good uh, to me it was really good I remember when we talked about it a few years back I had a ton of fun with that but because the multiplayer wasn't exactly what they wanted which was i think they wanted you know like the like the updated graphics of basically modern warfare and modern warfare 2 people shit all over that game and so what what have they done they've gone back to making the same exact fucking game they've been making the past 10 years and that's the hard thing about evolution like 
Maybe you're che- you think you're checking all the right boxes. You're, you're naturally progressing as a company, as an IP. And then you have your fans shit all over you because they're like, hey, this is what I wanted. I wanted the same well, thing. And it's it's difficult. Yeah. It's it's difficult. Yeah. I've been I've been that fan. I'm not mm-hmm. I'm I'm not gonna shy away from that. I've mm-hmm. been that fan at times. Not just not just with Call of Duty, but with other things in general. And it's difficult because we we we're so resistant to change, yet we want change as well. And it, man, I just I couldn't imagine being a game developer. <laughs> like through all of this all this discussion today and all the talks that i constantly have when i've done my side podcasts and stuff like that i just realized i I, can, I couldn't handle with the fucking stress of being a game developer no goddamn way you just gotta believe i think in what you're doing and say this is what we want to do and this is what we believe in and if you're not on board fine you know but that's not mm-hmm. an easy True. thing to do i know True. That's almost just nobody all does art that in general all yeah and in, 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 in general that's what I do. I, when I date a girl, I'm like, look, this is, this is it. This is me. I got a tiny penis, and I'm an asshole, and this is, this is what you got to accept. This is who I am. You know, if you don't like it, I'm sorry. And, and it's weird because you're staring at your hand saying all of this, and it's not talking back to you. <laughs> it's so strange. It's, the, Just I, say I think, something! Silence is, I guess, yes, in my book. Um, Batzak, uh, underscore Batzak said, I believe... Games sometimes need to evolve to continue to be relevant. Look at a few games in the past two years. Resident Evil 7 completely changed the game by changing it to first person. You know what's cool about Resident Evil 7, though? They kept everything about Resident Evil, the original games, that was cool, but they said the biggest problems with those games is the actual movement, so let's just change the perspective to first person. But at its core, it's basically the same game. Goofy puzzles, creepy setting, the survival Mm -hmm. shit where you have to... The only thing they changed was the frustration around movement by changing the perspective. And that is, I think, a very smart way to infuse infuse it. Yeah. I mean, there's still a decent amount of combat in that game, but it, it does feel like they kind of went back to... Yes. Yeah. It's not combat-focused the way... Yes. Like, you know, 4, 5, and 6 were much more combat-focused, and I mean, four, 4 to its benefit because they, you know, fixed the broken, wonky tank control type thing, which was... Yeah. It was required at the time and made for a good game. It it worked. It was fine. But no one was going to put up with it anymore. And nope. I, I feel like they just they did the same thing again. Like, okay, this is broken. No one no one wants it anymore. How can we fix it? And yeah. so you end up with I mean, seven fixing fixing the problems that were actually problems. And I feel like that's a yes. much yeah. coming into a game with that mindset instead of how can we not alienate people? Is a much better mindset to end up with a decent product just in the end. So, yeah, yeah. Well, if you think about it, Josh, it's a cool idea. Instead of evolving the the last one, which was I guess six, that was obviously crap. And they actually just said, "What if we go back to the original games, but then just change something about it to make it modern?" Which is a cool idea. It's like if they went back to the original Tomb Raider games and they said, "What's the one thing about these games that people hate?" And it's probably much harder sell in that case. But um, it's a cool idea. Anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boland, um, oh, and I was going to say the sad thing is when you guys come up here, I really want you guys to try the, uh, the, the alligator crazy DLC for Resident Evil 7 is really cool. Um, but unfortunately, the end of that game and the Not a Hero DLC is pretty action heavy, and that concerns me as far mm. as like what Resident Evil 8 might be. You know, they, I don't want them to slip back. It's kind of like that friend you have that's just, you know, they're making good progress and they slip back into that old 
that old bad habit that they have. You know, they're just like, oh, they just can't stay away from yeah. the strip club. Yeah, like we we thought you'd finally changed, but uh, for some reason your minivan is painted in flat black, and you're adding, <laughs> you know, aftermarket parts to it. And I don't think uh, you've gotten over your main issues. Like the minivan was a step. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't yeah, mean you're it's, there it's, yet. It, it, uh, and <laughs> Matt said. <laughs> said um i it's good that they grow and change it's more than likely to turn some fans off of the original games but you can't keep making the same game over and over um look at black flag nothing like the original but still a great game building on the world and the lore black flag was mm-hmm. uh, a really cool uh, assassin's creed game just p- pure setting nothing else yeah oddly enough uh, kill- the bits that they kept from the original game were the parts that just didn't work that well hmm. in that game oh. yeah like just the general like moving around a city and assassinating people and stuff like that. Or? Well, y- yes, and it was because of the setting. You were in the Caribbean, whenever it was, you know, colonized oh, yeah. just years in the past. So nothing was over two stories tall. And this is <laughs> yeah, a game about climbing really shit. <laughs> like, and all the yeah. combat was still the same. And just climb a bunch of huts. <laughs> yeah. It, oh, exactly. Um, You're like this. This just doesn't work, does it? Yeah. Yeah, that's why I didn't like about Metal Gear Solid 3. I didn't like being in the forest, but I don't want to get into a conversation about that right now. It's like they're applying sneaking dynamics made for indoor uh, warehouses and boxes to a fucking giant forest and just threw me off. Uh, Kilted Gamer said, I bet the question could have dissertations written on it and how deep it could go. In all honesty, I have no issue with a game series evolving or changing with the new interactions as long as the quality remains unchanged or improved. I'll use Dragon Quest and God of War as examples. One has mm. stayed true to the tradition, and the other has evolved, but both have pushed quality further. Now, he makes a really good point. He's saying if the quality is there, the evolution is not as important. Dragon Quest is the same fucking game it's always been. They just make sure that a lot of love and craft go into the actual execution. Yeah. And I mean, and technically, all the Dragon Quests are... They've all been solid games but they've all been so boring because I've played one of them that why would I play another one? And that's kind of my thing too. Like he's right. And a lot of people still love those games, Mm -hmm. but like, that's kind of the reason why I don't like those games is because I've, I played one a long time ago and now that was all right, you know, but yeah, it's, they're so boring because they are literally the RPG I played when I was eight. It's literally that you literally, it's, he mm -hmm. says as his favorite series is Pokemon. (laughs) But I, I have huge issues with the evolution of Pokemon, like I do. Like I, just because I love the ecology and, and a lot of the things about Pokemon doesn't mean I'm excusing them from their evolution. I, th- I think if, if we couldn't play Pokemon against each other, I would have given it up years ago. Uh, maybe. That's, that's an impossible thing to say, Josh. That's like saying if I I'm just personally, sex, I would have killed just myself. Just personally. You know? I like, I just, yeah. I feel like that... I mean, that's the combat, just, the niche, yeah, yeah, yeah. The competitive aspect, raising, braiding, breeding, has kept mm-hmm. your interest past the uh, stagnation. Mm-hmm. But it gives you, know, you a reason to focus true. on the systems, like yes, yeah. instead of you know, like the minor, minor changes that they make each time would not matter enough to keep me playing if it didn't mean okay, we're gonna have to change up our strategies for you know, <laughs> fighting against, fighting each other. 
for all the stuff. Very so. similar to a Call of Duty or any other multiplayer game, if you think well, about it. Well, exactly. Minor it's changes. the same sort of thing. Like, if the multiplayer is the only reason you would get every new Call of Duty game, and it's the same thing with Pokemon. Like, if you are into that scene, you get every new Pokemon game. It's it's kind of it's it's I feel like it's the same thing with you know fighting games Tekken with Street Fighter. You're not gonna get every new one of those games unless you just really like you know the competition. Agreed, agreed. Uh, but and we you know uh body snatch underscore body snatcher says I really think it depends on the franchise. Some games need to be revamped because of fatigue. Call of Duty, for instance, has been trying to, but still um, doesn't feel significant. That THQ is a great example of this, for example. They've been buying IPs left and right. Franchises said to be dead. Many of them will need to be reincarnated into something this generation will find enjoyable. Um, um, but so what he's saying is Call of Duty still sells like crazy. I don't agree that it's not significant, but it's not significant, I think, to the people that really matter. Like, it's significant from a sales perspective, but um, for us, with our uppity opinions and our you know, snobby fingers up our gaming asses. We're just like, we need to see something better from Call of Duty to get excited about that. So, yeah, see, I said fingers up asses and fish just perked right up. Boom! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Where's these fingers going again? Well, Tabasco on there? All right. No. Better than Viagra. You lost me there. Yeah. Perk got away. Curb your enthusiasm. Trying to to find a shortcut. (laughs) Trying to find a shortcut. Uh, Can't put the work in. <laughs> Viagra is just too expensive. Uh, C underscore three PO said they should stop making Assassin's Creed. Oh, this one, this one's got bringing the hate. <laughs> they should stop uh, making Assassin's Creed. Period. Um, I mean, it's yeah, changed no, I, a lot from. I I agree. Like, no, the series is done. The series shouldn't have been a series. They should have tried to wrap up the story instead of just making it this sprawling nothing that it is now. Like, obviously the future part of that story is going nowhere. Like, it's at this point, it, it's just a framing device. There's no story to speak of going on in the, in the whole framing device of it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's, like, there's no reason for each of them. Like, it's... It's, it's aesthetic. It's all it is. It is aesthetic. That's basically it is. what it is, right? Well, I mean, it's, it's cool so- guys in cloaks with blades. So let me ask the question, because I haven't played since uh, Assassin's Creed 3. Like, I very briefly dabbled in 4, but I don't remember at all. Is mm-hmm. Desmond Miles still the protagonist in the current world? And if no. he is, what is... Oh, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Spoiler alert! <laughs> yes. I don't even know when he stopped being the protagonist, <laughs> yeah. honestly. I don't Brotherhood? Know. I think... All the way back then? Are you serious? It's, yeah, oh, like no, 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 no. He was still in Assassin's Creed Three. Was he in he Three? In, he, yeah, he was definitely in Three. I I can't remember. It's been forever. It's been forever since he has been the future. Because that same tech that they made in order to, you know, go back in his history, they've been using on anybody they can possibly do. They've been that's that's kind of been the whole shtick. Let's let's build this as a, you know. 23 and me sort of meet your ancestors thing and then while they're going back and finding all this stuff we'll just you know the templars will try to use that information to you know control the world that's it, that's been that's the a really 
that's a really roundabout way to using Ancestry.com. Ancestry.com. Find out your roots. Yeah. That should be a sponsor for them, you know. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it, it's, hey, hey. it's neat as a framing device. Like, it's, it's a cool setup, but none of them have anything to do with each other at this point. Like, it's, it's, it just kind of exists. And, and that's not to say that's bad. I mean, Final Fantasy games have nothing to do with each other. But that's been the case for so long. Like, but when Assassin's Creed... But tilt with it. Well, exactly. Like said, that's, Final that's, Fantasy will go... They're drastically different from each other. Exactly. That's, yeah. that's, that's been the big issue. Like, they don't know how much they want to continue a story and how much they just want to be, okay, this kind of happens to just, like, we're just going to use this, you know, like... <sighs> At this point, it feels less like a video game series and more like, okay, these all belong in the Tales from the Crypt type it's like it's it's just a framing device for getting this weird story to you yeah you know what it is josh it's like i started eating a pizza and someone's slowly been peppering dropping um taco meat and onion and cheese slowly on the pieces and i don't notice it and by the time i get to the last slice it's there's a regular pizza underneath but it's now being completely covered with taco meat and onions and hot sauce and tomato and i take a bite of it and i'm like what the fuck am i even eating anymore i mean it's kind of good but this isn't what I started eating in the first place. I don't know how to feel about it. I don't know. That's either a really brilliant metaphor or a terrible one. I'm just going to let it go. <laughs> um, uh, the last comment I will read here. To me, it sounded um, like you're describing just like like a pepperoni or a cheese pizza becoming a supreme pizza or a taco pizza. That's mm, literally pizza. all it sounded like. Well, taco how the pizza hell would you not notice there. that? I don't know. They were sneaking. Uh, well, maybe you did notice it. Maybe, maybe you saw them put a little meat in there and you're like, this is mostly the same thing. And then like, oh, well, now it's kind of weird, but it's still pretty good. And they're like, okay, what? Anyways, doesn't matter. Um, the last comment, Sebastic12 said, I'm all for evolution in gaming as long as it evolves into a good product. Kind of like the other commenter said, if developers change just for the sake of change, it won't resonate. But if you look at how Destiny has changed within the past year, thanks to the Forsaken, you actually have people coming back to the game because it's a positive evolution. Although we'll talk about that in a bit because. I don't know, Sebastian. I thank you for the comment, but I had some um, poll results later where our listeners might be disagreeing with you. Um, or they could just be uh, voicing Destiny hate. Who knows? So stay tuned for the polls in a little bit. And we're going to follow up on that. But I want to thank everyone for chiming in. Some great comments to, for us to talk about. Every Thursday at Swordchomp on the Instagram page. We will... I'll try to grab... There was more comments. I just didn't have time to read them all because it's been a pretty long show. So... Um, but we do have some fun polls to talk about, um, but, but I want to do a natural segue here because one of the cool things that I always try to highlight after our community section of the podcast is our VIP page. And no, this isn't where I just want to spend some sort of sales talking and trying to get any, getting you to give us your money. Um, if you want to support us and you like what we do, we, did Josh, go ahead, Josh, say it. I see you. Getting no, it. Give us our money. Give, give us your money. We, we, we could okay, really yeah. use it. It's Yeah. That's right. We've changed mm-hmm. platforms. Yes, you're money right. Money me. Mine. Money yes. now. Yes. Money yes. me, money now. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, yeah, just mail us your credit card. No, but um, on our VIP Any page, credit card. Private... If you happen to just come across a credit card, <laughs> send it this way. And No. <laughs> <laughs> um, our Shay's favorite joke, go into your mom's uh, purse and look for a credit card. Uh, <laughs> My favorite joke. Yeah, I that joke a lot. I stole it. I made that once. No, that's not your favorite joke. Sorry. 
You know, at least my favorite joke isn't go into your dad's closet, grab his condoms, <laughs> use them for the first half of sex, and then take them off midway through. <laughs> Roll them back up and put them where you found them. Right, fish? <laughs> Return them to their position. He'll never know. Son, why is there a Ziploc bag of condoms rolled up? Fish is like, I don't oh, know, Dad. About, right? What's I a condom? I didn't use them, Dad. Oh, man. Um. So, yeah, but if you go to patreon.com slash swordchomp, you can get access to our VIP tier. It's only five bucks. It's a private Instagram page. And this week, for example, a bunch of cool stuff went up, including rare ads that never saw the light of day. Uh, Shay dresses Matthew McConaughey from Interstellar. Um, a musical clip from this game we're going to talk about later, Flamebirds, that we got access to. Um, and all sorts of secret stuff from the past several months of podcasting that you don't want to miss, uh, including um, Shay holding two swords in a very weird old photo that I found. Um, and our highlight this week band practice one night. <laughs> that was. And our highlight this week was um, Chomper uh, at Cosmic Pop Tart. Um, we call him the Cosmic Pop Tart. I think that's what it is. At, I mean, he's at the Cosmic Pop Tart. He's the VIP of the week. He gives us more money than any human being should on a regular basis. And he's been on the show before. He's probably going to be on again this year. And uh, he's been supporting us in the beginning. So um, that is our shout out of the week. So love you, Cosmic Pop Tart. Mm-hmm. Love, love you, baby. So, support us if you dare. We would love that. And if not, that's fine. Just keep listening. And one day, maybe you'll want to. Who knows? Um, helps us pay off some legal fees, among other things, for becoming a company. Um, but uh, moving on here, polls of the week. That's a nice segue from the last comment uh, about Destiny Two because I polled the listeners this week and said. I haven't played Destiny 2 in ages, but the Forsaken DLC is going to pull me back in. 64% of our audience said no. No, I should say our Instagram followers said no, which is surprising. Just hmm. surprising. There seems to be a little, uh, uh, what about Fish, our resident Destiny lover? Oh, actually, this is not a good question for Fish because he lost his PlayStation. So <laughs> how, mm-hmm. how are you feeling right now, Fish? Let's get, let's get the read on you. As, as our listeners know, you don't have a PlayStation right now. You're in a, tr- a different kind of living situation. There's a new expansion yep. for Destiny. Where are you at? What's your headspace right now? Uh, honestly, I haven't seen much on Forsaken, uh, but I have heard good things from people, I guess. But I personally am not excited for, you know, a Destiny 2 expansion just because, <sighs> you know, it's still Destiny. Um, mm. <clears throat> even though, you know, um, the Taken King was a big, you know, game or big expansion that came out for Destiny that wowed a lot of people, and a lot of people enjoyed that expansion just because of uh, the new location and what you were doing in that game. And um, uh, I'm curious to see what people think about Forsaken, but for me, um, the fact that I don't have a PlayStation Four to play it on. Um, so I don't have like my save files or anything. Um, that's so kind of sad in me. You're not going to get on Xbox. If you had a PlayStation, would you be delving back into it right now? I might. Yeah, actually, because it has been a while since I've actually. Is it free? Played. Does it cost money? I should Google that. Is it free or does it cost money? What? The expansion? Uh, it definitely costs money. Yeah, it's, it's. Definitely costs money. Yes. Yeah. 
And it's part of the second season of DLC. So even though I had the season pass, it's the first one that isn't in oh, that. Oh, that's fucked up. Are you serious? Yeah. Whoa. Like, I got the first two unbelievably shitty DLC packs that they released. And then they come out with this, and I'm going to have to put more money down if I want to see them possibly turn it around. Um, so, yeah. Well, it's weird because, like, the narrative for me is interesting as a fan of Destiny because I, I love the games, but, you know, I play them for a couple months and usually phase out. But Destiny, the Taken King, the big thing about that was it brought in a lot of the haters, right? So, generally mm-hmm. now, Destiny 2 is considered a great game to most people. Um, so, like, this DLC is basically just different content, which is fine, but there isn't a big narrative hook, like, with the Taken King, where they're like, we're revamping what this game was to a degree, we're gonna bring in the haters, the reviews are good, this is just like, hey, it's more Destiny, it's kind of a new angle, and I guess that's fine, but yeah. it, it doesn't have quite that punch that Taken King did, you know? Well, not just that, you're going back to the Reef, which was the worst expansion from Destiny 1, so, like... Mm, it doesn't reef. sound but, promising to me. Like just, just, just given no information at all, other than you know, just the very, very basics. Yeah, I, I don't see how well, that was the, the decision did, they made. Yeah. They killed the queen on me. I loved her. Hmm. I loved her very much. Um, I don't know. I don't know enough about it to criticize it. I'm just saying, like the. Uh, the spark isn't there, but like Fish said, I've heard good things from people, so it's like, but they're gonna, how much are they gonna want me to throw down? It's like 40 bucks? I'm like, ugh. Yeah, I don't think it was that much. I think it was like, let me look it up. I think oh, it was 20, but yeah, let, let me look it up. Look it up, Josh. If only they'd fucked it up like No Man's Sky, where they just gave everybody the updates for free. <laughs> I'll get updates for free forever. And Destiny's making me pay for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a bigger company, so. They're not gonna, you know, they they have you know, they all the stuff do... planned out and everything. So if, they if you've already bought the game, the fish, they should give you like a hey, just give us ten bucks. You're a Destiny fan for life. Just give us ten bucks and you can get the DLC because it's kind of like eh, I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, that might be shortchanging the work involved in creating yeah. the product, but yeah, well, they they could make it subscription based, but people don't oh, like that either. No, they yeah, wouldn't do that. People nope. would not take that. Very nicely. Did you find a price, Josh? Yes. <laughs> I'm seeing $35, and I'm not sure if that's okay. just for Forsaken or if that's the next DLC after that. Let me look it up. Oh, is that like a season pass thing? Okay. Yeah, because they had the first season pass, which was the first, like I said, it was uh, the Osiris one and then Warmind. Um, the Warmind one was actually pretty good. It was pretty solid compared to Osiris, anyway. Um, I'm trying to find out if this one is... Yeah, this is supposed to... Yeah, it's 35, but it's supposed to be for the next three, counting Forsaken. So, yeah, 30, okay. 35 that's, that's, bucks that's, for this one and the next two. Okay, that's that's a better deal, actually. 35 for three packs. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah. Okay, I don't know. I'll think about it. I'll think about it. I'd have to start. Here's the thing, though. I I'd have to start again on Xbox because Fish was my primary Destiny buddy. Josh is on PC, and Fish uh, doesn't have PS4 anymore. So for me to go in, and I'd to, this is a very specific circumstance. This yeah. has nothing to do with the game. This is my circumstance. I'd have to start the whole thing over on Xbox One X, which would be mm-hmm. 
A lot of grinding I don't want to do. And I don't want to pay for it either, because nothing makes me feel nastier than, oh, here's $40 to jump up 50 levels. I'm just not that kind of guy. Yeah. Um, right. Well, I, don't. I, I mean, I love playing Destiny, but at this point, you know, changing the location and, uh, you know, revamping the small, like, little revamps that they do in PvP um, to change it up, change up the meta in it. Um, like, all that stuff is small, but for the most part, like, it, it's still the original Destiny to me. Like, it's still the same settings, it's same characters and everything, so um, you know it's not necessarily... Getting. Yeah, you yeah. know what you're getting out of that game, so... Um, it's hard for me to get excited for it, you know, four years later after, since its release, um, to want to jump into expansion at this point. Yeah. Um, we talked about this earlier, so this is a nice segue. Uh, we don't have to beat this too much further because we already kind of talked about it, but I said Assassin's Creed is boss battles now. Yay! And this surprised me because 73% of our audience said yes. So this is a point, surprisingly, for Assassin's Creed in the evolution department. People are really excited about Assassin's Creed having something like boss battles now. So, which I don't have a strong opinion either way on it, yes or no, but yeah. I just think that's interesting. So. Yeah, I... I mean, I feel like they've been heading that direction. The last one that came out had randomized Diablo-style loot, loot, yep, yeah. stuff in it, and nobody gave a crap. the The most interesting thing about the last game was that they released an educational mode where you didn't have to deal with the combat that you've become tired with at this point. So you could just, you know, just go around and enjoy the tourism part of the game, which was still really cool because they were always in new settings. Um, yeah. So, I'm deeply yeah. fascinated by people that get excited for this every year. And I don't mean that as a negative slam because you can make fun of me for the games I get excited about every year. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying I'm fascinated by the people that literally get excited for Assassin's Creed every single year. It just, I, it's fascinating to me uh, that those people exist. And, you know, props to them if it still makes them happy. It's just interesting to me. Yeah. Um, did you know, Fish, Josh, Shay, that Nintendo has a new mobile game coming out called Dragalia Lost, and it's a super mobile looking mobile game with a pretty generic looking anime art style. I sent you guys a copy of the poll earlier this week in case you wanted to look into it, but if you didn't, that's fine. Do you guys know anything about this uh, game before I launch into this? Nope, I just know that it existed before you put up the poll, and that is being done by Nintendo. That's all I know, and it looks like a generic RPG. Hmm. Yep, it's about as much as I knew about it as well, other than, you know, it does. the name being possibly the worst thing ever. I I will try it. <laughs> yeah, the, dude, the name is bad. It, yeah, you're right. Something like something I would have wrote on my notebook when I was 14 years old in math class. Dragalia hmm. Lost. That's like yes, like that's like oh my goodness, like let's how can we make dragons cooler, man? And that's what they the landed lost. on. I will say this: I'm gonna try it because it's for the podcast. I'll try it for a day. It's coming out on the September 22nd, um, and it's its first original mobile game. And that's a weird thing to hear because technically what that means is just the other franchises have already existed. Mm -hmm. But this is going to be a brand new thing, creative or mobile. Yeah. Um, but it looks like a typical free-to-play, money-sucking, 
you know, RPG. So we'll see. We'll have more on that. A lot of people messaged me because they were surprised. They were like, I've never heard of this. But then they looked into it and they were like, that looks fucking awful. And I'm like, I, I, I know. You look up yeah. there. I know it's depressing. You know? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, have a, I have a deep, morbid curiosity about this game. So, yeah. Key uh, emphasis on the word morbid. Mm-hmm. Um, me too. And the last poll is, by the way, that came back. Um, sorry, I fucked that up. Uh, I said, have you ever heard of this new Nintendo mobile game? 72% of our audience said no. So basically, I did a community service there. Um, <laughs> now you know about this Nintendo mobile game. Um, interesting and nothing else. And the last question, Puddlegate was a huge thing. Uh, my friends, like, Puddlegate took over the internet for a couple days there, and it's not going to mean anything because Spider-Man launched today, and it's been fucking huge. Um, and Spider-Man is something we'll talk more about next week. It's something I feel a little left out on because I just, Spider-Man has never been something I've been interested in uh, aesthetically or anything like that. But people really love their Spider-Man. People have been Instagramming their new PlayStations all day. I've seen so many of those ugly red PlayStations. Um, don't hate me. I just think they're ugly. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's an ugly PlayStation! Um, but you know what? If I was a Spider-Man fan, I'd probably think it was beautiful. So you can mock me all you want, but I just think there's something about a bright red colored PlayStation that just... I don't know, man. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Am I alone in that? It's going to be the only thing no, that is not. not black on that uh, entertainment center. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Black or white, yeah. Just going to stick out like a sore thumb. Mm-hmm. I like the red, but that's because I'm forever 12. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, anyways, Puddlegate was a massive facepalm. That's what I put on the poll. 53, the audience said yes. 47 said no. That's basically a split. I hate to say it, but it is. That's basically a split, which surprised me. What well, Puddlegate was... Go ahead, Josh. I think it was strange wording, so people didn't know what they were. Anyway. It's possible. You know, I'm, you never know. That's part of the polling. I try to, I try to spice up the verbiage instead of the usual puddle gate is bad, yes or no. But you're right. Sometimes maybe they just don't get what I'm trying to say. But what I was trying to say is puddle gate is a massive facepalm, as in, are you kidding me? People are getting upset about this. Um, but it came back mostly split. So let's say that they did understand it. What Puddlegate was, I don't know if you saw this, was basically someone compared original screenshots from E3 to screenshots from the game release now, and they seem to have less environmental details, particularly puddles. Um, mm. were shrunken by about 80%, and it became a big thing all over the internet. In fact, uh, Insomniac even had to respond to it via their Twitter and say, no, that's, it's not a lower res game, it's just a different design or something like that, so... I don't know. Did you guys have any uh, permeating thoughts on this whole Puddlegate thing? I mean, it's the same thing yeah. we see every time. Like, whenever they're making the game, they're running it on machines that are not actually the real machines half the time. So you end up with, you know, trailers that look way prettier than the full release, mm-hmm. which is, you know, th- that's the only thing that I can remotely give any sort of credence to the people who are actually bothered this bothered by this because that's like it's specifically even outlawed in the EU because of you know how far companies kept trying to take it but uh as far as like what they were providing to as far, yeah, yeah I, I I I couldn't I couldn't care less as far as like you know the actual controversy there 
Um, I took a comment. I don't mean to jump in here, but I took a comment from our Instagram page that was one of my favorite comments of the year. I don't rarely take a comment and put it in our story, um, but this one I thought took the cake. It was from our friend Desiree Bernard, and she said, to responding to Puddlegate, she said, isn't this how it always is, though? When are people going to learn that E3 trailers and gameplay... Um, E3 trailers and gameplays are dressed up fancy ass versions. It's like E3 is the first date and release day is the 20th date when you're sitting on the couch in your PJs watching Friends reruns eating pizza. Um, and what she's trying to say is with your E3, you're putting your best foot forward, just like everyone does on the first date. Mm-hmm. Compare that to, to yourself yeah. down the road. You know what I mean? There, there yeah. is some truth to that. Yeah, on, the, on that 20th date, you try to remember which hand to eat the pizza with and which hand to scratch your asshole with. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, Fuck it's it. the left hand. Stop Fuck that. It. It's, it's all the same. It's all the same at that point. Uh. Um. So yeah. So that that just kind of made me laugh. I thought that was a good perspective on it. And that's basically what it is. I always expect things to be a little glitzier at E3, um, because you want to show people the very best, even if it's a minute minute detail. So. Mm. Well, this is a- uh, but a lot of our listeners thought that it wasn't something to be taken lightly, I guess, if that's to be presumed, that they just don't like the idea. I think people just, we're in a very sensitive time right now. People don't like the idea of people presenting them with something that's even a little bit false. Even if, if they understand why it is, they don't like to be presented with anything that's even a little bit false. It's a very tough uh, cultural environment now to... Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the thing that would make sense about it is if there are plans to eventually make this, you know a PC release as well. And so those were eventually graphics somebody <laughs> will have. That would be funny if the PC releases and it's just got puddles. Yeah, on it's like, like yeah, <laughs> now with 86% larger puddles. Um, <laughs> oh God, it's comical, but it is what it is. So, <laughs> Uh, thanks for everybody for, you know, leaving your, your comments, by the way, of course, every Thursday, I'm sorry, um, every Tuesday we run the polls on the search on Instagram. For some reason, if you don't go there and vote, you should, cause they're good, stupid fun. And we talk about them. A uh, couple quick hitter topics before we get to the final topic of the show. Um, I did post about this. I'll do a poll about it next week, but the 38 studios announced there's going to be, uh, they took the kingdoms of Omler IP. That was one of our biggest posts of the week, which is pretty cool. Um, but we can talk more about that next week. I just wanted to say, like, I'm still in shock about that. Cause, only because we just talked about that with Rich Meister, like, two weeks ago on the <laughs> <Right>? podcast. <laughs> so, that was um, so odd. So odd. So, yeah, we're profit. He, he got me on Twitter, and he said we must be profits at this point. So we're just, we're just predicting the future now on the Chompcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did end up picking up Vagrant Story, Josh. So he wants to try and set up a stream date with us sometime next week. So oh, we yeah. talked him into it. He's gonna. He wants to open it on camera, the shrink wrap, everything. Look at it. He wants to do all that on his. Uh, like Rich doesn't fuck around. He streams directly from like the real equipment. This isn't like a, a ROM or anything that he's mm-hmm. downloaded. So Rich doesn't fuck around at Rich Meister, destructoid friend. Um, and I, I wanted to give us like a minute to talk about this very briefly from the joke earlier. Like Shay said, me and Shay finally got together uh, after our debacle of PSN having to pay for that, which just drives me fucking crazy. Uh, we finally got together to play some No Man's Sky. It actually worked really well compared to the some of the online issues me and Fish have had on Xbox. I don't know why that is, but me and Shay didn't yeah. really have any problems. No, not really. I mean, there there may be like a, a very few lag issues or uh, frame rate issues. I had a few frame rate issues, but other than that, 
it was uh it was a lot of fun. It was definitely so when I did the when I did the stream, it was fun and interesting because I had Morgan and other people kind of talking and um via chat to me telling me what to do. And that was fun. It was okay. Um but playing with somebody else is what makes that game to me is what makes it fun. Like if I was playing that game by myself, I imagine it like a Minecraft scenario. I play it like half an hour to just kind of like chill out and relax. And then eventually I burn out on that game. But if I'm playing with somebody, it adds so much more to the game. I imagine it's the same with Sea of Thieves, many of the other type of games like that. So yeah, I had a ton of fun. Uh, Morgan and I, we explored a few different places. Unfortunately, he had to go to bed. And right as he went to bed, I got into my first space battle, which was a bummer because <laughs> I almost got my ass kicked. Yeah, I missed and Morgan it. didn't even get to see it. <laughs> well, when I first showed up in Shay's system, I just started shooting him. And so I was like, hey, <laughs> I just started shooting him in the face, um, which is a very weird, weird concept in that game. We're just out there in the middle of space and you could shoot each other. But um, the Shay was in the middle of like a uh, what's it called? A typhoon. So his house was all banging around yeah. in Japan. So like every couple minutes he'd be like, "Oh man, did you hear that?" And like he's a uh, he's like playing this game that's like sort of peacefully exploring the galaxy while his house is basically like about to fall apart in the middle of a typhoon. <laughs> which is right, yeah. Well, you know, here here's the thing. Um, I actually got really lucky. Nagoya wasn't hit that hard by the typhoon. It was the worst typhoon in 25 mm-hmm. years in Japan, and uh, Osaka got hit super super hard. Uh, there. Their airport is still down. They're rerouting to like mm-hmm. Nagoya and Tokyo and other airports. So I got fortunately very lucky that I wasn't injured, um, but more so yeah. lucky that I could play No Man's Sky with my brother Morgan. But <laughs> we still had internet. I was worried we were gonna have because he said he was going home early from work because of the typhoon. I was like, oh well, fuck! If you have a typhoon, how are you gonna have electricity? That doesn't sound like a good yep. situation for power. So. Um, but yeah, we did, I think the best thing you can do, which is we just tried to warp around together and I tried that out, you know, it would show me where he would warp and I would warp with him. And we looked around, we found a a couple cool plants, but the thing was like you were saying, Shay, if you play it alone, like not everyone's going to love it as much as me, but if you play it alone, you have to send your friends hundreds of pictures and annoy them to death. But if you play with them online, you don't have to send them any pictures because they're right there with you. So (laughs) that's, that's the big difference. That's true. Mm -hmm. I don't have to delete my WhatsApp chat. Every three days, mm-hmm. which is it's been yeah. nice because uh, yeah, like it, your it, cloud storage space is full. Like really, how how? Oh, Morgan's playing No Man's Sky. That's yeah. Mm-hmm. You've lost everything. I finally burned out on it though. I think me and Fish, not with Shay. I still plan on playing Shay more, but me and Fish played it last night, and I played it so much that I'm finally ready to. Um, I bought the ten. I bought the full month, so I'm gonna play with Shay as much as he wants to play this month. Cause I spent my goddamn money on that damn thing, and I'm gonna use it. Um, <laughs> and it feels kind of different with Shay because I haven't played the PlayStation Four version at all this year. Mm. I have a different character on there and stuff. Um, but like, yeah, I kind of hit my burnout point on the 360 because me and Fish just have played it a lot, and it's just uh, I'm getting to the point now where I've just almost seen everything. I've seen I'm seeing different variations of everything I've kind of seen before. So. Um, Time for me to move on to, I'll probably play some Overwatch until, uh, the cool, here's the thing. The cool thing about Shay is he hasn't played the game. So like me and Fish have been playing it off and on for two years. So Shay is still virginal in the fact that a lot of the things I've already seen are still very exciting to him. 
and then therefore they become exciting to me. Like the first time he opened up the plant that looked like a vagina and everything on the planet tried to kill him. So I had to dig a hole in the ground and then cover him up. Like I buried him alive, Ed Growl and Poe style to protect him from the evil dogs and the sentinels because he just tried to open the weird plant that looked like a vagina. Like that stuff is, I've seen that millions of times, but he hasn't. So it's like fun again. But like me and Fish have seen it all a billion times. So the thing that really gets us off now usually is if we see something dumb. Like last night, me and Fish saw this creature that was swimming, but it looked like it should have been on land. Like it was a glitch or something. Like it had like hooves and it was swimming in the water and it just looked really dumb. And then we laughed about it like that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're to the point now where that kind of shit happens. So yeah. Yeah. Those are, yeah. Like I, I feel you. Like the most entertaining thing that happened to us when we were playing last was the cow fairies flying cow around fairies, us. Cow fairies, yeah. Oh, God. But um, me and Fish did find this cute little dragon planet last night with a bunch of baby dragons running around, and we took pictures and just kind of stared at them. Well, like I said, everything spawn double spawns whenever you're with a friend. So we were on this tiny outcropping uh, in the sky. It was like an island. And it was spawning everything like way more than normal. So it was just, there was creatures everywhere and it was really cool. But um, ready to move on, play some Overwatch, play some other stuff. And uh, Tomb Raider, I think, comes out in a couple weeks. So, But uh, I will still be playing with Shay as much as I can whenever he messages me. So um, it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. It worked great on the PlayStation 4. The multiplayer, was it worked. We didn't have a single connection problem. At one point, we saw all the spaceships floating in the space station. And they were just, like, <laughs> yeah. frozen. They were, like, frozen in time. Um, but it was just a silly glitch. It didn't really affect uh, anything. But yeah, me and no, Fish have had a lot of... It wasn't. It was cool. I mean, me and Fish have had a lot of problems on Xbox Live, and we don't know why. So... No. No. But I always blame Sean. That's my joke. I always blame Sean that I'm going to write him a strongly worded letter. And he's... <laughs> uh, me and Fish... Fish probably doesn't even think it's funny anymore. I've made that terrible joke so many times. Anyways, a lot of fun though. <laughs> <laughs> but finally getting Shay into some No Man's Sky so we can play some multiplayer on that. But the uh, the creme de la crop of sort of the back end of the show here. What, how's that phrase go? Creme de la creme de la creme. Creme de la creme. Yeah, that's how Fish describes his penis. His BAC. The creme de la creme. Um, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm leaving. No. Emphasis on the creme. God damn it. That, that's cream, right? Is creme for cream? What does no, it mean? What is, it's not. What, is, <laughs> what does that phrase mean? I just want to know. Look I know it, it up after the, best the, the show. Best, but Let's I, move on to Flamberge. All right, whatever. Look it up uh, after the show. Flamberge. Uh, speaking of flam, um, we got some codes from... Uh, do you remember the name of the gentleman who developed Flamberge that got us the early access code? Uh, his name is Michael. His name is Michael. Okay. Uh, he's yeah. a developer. It's a new strategy game. The big hook behind this game is simultaneous tactics. It's early access on Steam if you decide you want to check it out after hearing us talk about it. Simultaneous yeah. tactics is, is the big hook. Um, Shay got us into it. He met him on Twitter. We reached out, got some codes. We've been kind of dallying in it for the past week. It's got three chapters available in early access, so it's not done yet. Um, actually, $10 on Steam. So, yeah, I'll let you guys jump in here first. I know you guys are more of the tactics guys. Um, yeah. I don't... F- yeah. 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 I'll jump right in. So, first, I actually want to say a uh, big shout out to one of our followers on Twitter, Prince Protea. He actually... So, he tagged me um, 
in this post with Michael, his full name is Michael Savage Benoist, uh, about this about this game that he's been developing and he wanted to hand out some Steam codes to, you know, get some feedback and stuff and talk to the guy, super nice guy. Um, and I put the game in, uh, or I, and that's figuratively because I entered the code. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I entered the code and then I started playing the game and I'm going to tell you right now, I was pissed off immediately at the game because uh, the very beginning part was a little bit confusing to me, um, trying to figure out all the mechanics and stuff. But once I got the hang of it, uh, it felt very seamless. Uh, it's different. It's not like a Fire Emblem style game uh, entirely. It's more like you you have your your set amount of characters. Um, I think you start out at the beginning with three, if I remember correctly, and then you gather people along the way, very similar to a Fire Emblem game or anything of that nature shining force and then you get to choose between like the max you can have is five except one battle i've encountered so far where you can have six you have more members than that in your party and you have to choose which ones you use for which battles and there are different characters there are people who use swords they're more of knight characters there's some that are a little bit more close quartered uh melee weapon guys um, they do have different abilities. There's some archers. There's a um, there's a healer, and my favorite character so far. You can find a ram. He's a giant. He's a massive sheep that just rams everybody, and I love him. <laughs> but um, super powerful character. But like each character has a different ability, and as you level up, you can promote your characters much the same way as the others. But the gameplay is different in that. You can move any, like, you have a set amount of distance, and you can move anywhere, but it's, to me, it's more fluidic, because it's not like you enter this alternate screen where you slash each other, like a Fire Emblem. What's actually happening is, as you go to instigate the fight, or whatever you want to call it, um, it's happening on the same screen. So if you're looking at a character that's like, I don't know, like, screen size an inch or two away from you and you tell your melee character to charge that character that enemy he actually charges and you can miss that character if your path isn't set exactly where you want it to be because sometimes the enemy moves as you're trying to hit so there's a little bit of strategy involved it kind of reminds me in a, in a way a little bit like a pool game where you're trying to aim with angles and stuff like that yeah yeah that's um, fair yeah it's yeah I mean, and that's the basic backdrop for for the game. Uh, the story is, um, you know, basically it, it, it's a, it's an RPG style story. Like basically, you are trying to prevent the um, overtaking from an evil empire on this land, and you're trying to basically get everyone to team up to fight off this this enemy. That has overwhelming numbers of troops, essentially. So that is the first three chapters of the game. I haven't revealed anything, and I'm not going to reveal anything about the story, so there won't be any spoilers. But that's the basic backdrop of the story. Josh, how are you liking it so far? Because I think you have some different opinions than I do, for sure. I love the the, the, the basic combat mechanic of it. 
it's really cool. Um, like like you mentioned before, because there's it's it's similar to a board game mechanic that's been popular for several years with the whole lock in your turn mechanic and then all turns happen simultaneously type thing. Yeah. Um, which which is cool. I've I've really enjoyed a lot of games with that sort of thing. And kind of the fun of them is just watching all your plans go horribly wrong as stuff changes around you in ways you didn't predict. Um, and this this is a fun way to manage that because there's there's an extra layer of strategy on top of that because of it being a video game instead, where whenever you're attacking, you can pick what attack type you want. You can either pick completely unguided your attack is going here, period. No matter what the enemy does, I will attack here at this time, you know, right in this spot. And that does maximum damage. Or you can pick a small area. It'll auto-target in a tiny area. Like, if as long as the en- enemy is in this general position, he'll take a little less damage. Or you can pick completely automatic. Like, this attack is going to do, you know, nothing at all, but it's going to land. Um, and that's a really cool way to handle your, uh, your, your strategy. Like, y- you obviously want to do as much damage as possible, but, like, how, how much of a risk do you want to take each turn when you're, when, yeah. you're, when you're doing that? And so it ends up well, it feeling to- great whenever you're making these decisions like oh i i need to kill this guy it's my only chance i've got i've got to kill this guy before you know these other this other patrol comes in the area and ends up making the fight much much worse for me like i've got to kill this guy off my only chance is to charge in completely unguided and it it's it's got to land like if it doesn't land i'm not going to not gonna, not gonna I make it. How comical fight. it looks too! Like when you first get in there, Josh. Like when I was first learning, like I would move my guy in a pattern and then have him attack, mm-hmm. and then I would hit execute, and then my guy would walk in this weird path, and they would walk in a weird path, and I would shoot my arrow at nothing, and it was like this very comical looking dance <laughs> of just like two players like it, running it is, around it, each other. It is, but it's like it's a way for you to learn too, and it's it's frustrating at times, but it's frustrating because of my own shortcomings, essentially. Um, I've had a few issues, like Josh was talking about the whole targeting system. I've had a few issues with that actually working because like, it's like an area where your character is supposed to hit something. And more often than not, for me, it just, it doesn't work effectively. So, um, I mean, everything else in the combat has been solid, but just like that targeting system is just feels very inaccurate mm. so uh, it's it's something that like sometimes i try and use and then i always regret trying to use it because it more often than not just doesn't work the way i'm hoping it works yeah i felt that too like i one time i had an enemy get stuck under it i don't know if there's a way to get rid of it but one time i had a guy get stuck under the icon so like on the right there's like a picture of the character or whatever or the attacks I was like, I went to the right of the screen and I was trying to move it around. There was like a guy, I don't know. I was having trouble getting used to like the, I, I'm not blaming the game for anything. I've only played it for like an hour and I'm still getting used to it. But like it's, it was a lot to, it was to like take in at first, like trying to get used to it. But 
the idea is really cool. I love the idea of like charging up a bunch of I- attacks and they're doing it and you don't know what they pick and then it just kind of plays itself out. I love that idea. But do you guys feel like because there's so much space to work with that like I'm trying to find a good way to explain it. From what I was seeing, it seemed like there was a lot of possibilities because of how much space I can move around in and attack in and stuff. Do you think it'd be better if it was more confined or do you think that works to its its benefit? I I don't mind it. Like something I don't know how far you've gotten in the game Morgan, but when you get later in the game one. Okay, so when you get later in the game, that distance uh it serves a purpose. Like mm-hmm. there there are going to be some battles where you're fighting underground and the enemies have torches and basically those are the areas they can see you. So you have the option to fight oh, okay. them or circumvent them. There's another battle where you're fighting where the the level slowly becomes more misty and to the point where you can't see anything and then it dies back and then it gets misty again and then misty or foggy, 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 sorry, foggy. I was just about to correct myself. Foggy and then dies back. And it can, and it does that in like a pattern, and oh, okay. the distance plays a factor into that with with those kind of levels. Um, I don't mind it. I I enjoy it. And honestly, to me, um, and this is not directly related, but I actually kind of enjoy that distance because it gives me the opportunity to look. To me, I think the visuals are good. They're not great, but I think they're good. Um. And it reminds me of a a like color wise a watered down version of Hyperlight Drifter, a very watered down version. Um, mm-hmm. They kind of have the same art style, not one to one, but similarly. And I I enjoy I enjoy it. And the bigger the level is, the more detail I can see has been put into each level. I think that's offensive to Hyperlight Drifter, but I think you're being very nice to the flame for the to the Flame Bridge people. I I don't like to hate too much on the low budget teams because it's clear that the art style is a result of having basically no money. Um, but so that's tough. I'm not. I I don't really like to slam an art style. Just it's just there's nothing there. It's like let's put it this way. At one point, I couldn't tell if I was looking at fish or animals or the water. I don't even know if I was on the land, but I I flew my character over there and what looked to be the fish just scattered, but it didn't look like they were in water. I can't even really tell what I'm looking at half the time. Um but I, unfortunately, you can tell it's just budget. It's a budget project. They don't have a lot of money. They're trying real hard, you can tell within the confines of probably having I assume a very minimal art style. Um but I think that's going to be a tough sell for people. It does look like, it reminds me, Josh, a lot of, uh, you remember Swords and Sorcery? Mm-hmm. The Sword and Sorcery game? That's, that's what it reminds me a lot of, visually, like a slightly less, almost detailed version of that. But it's been a long time since I played it, so maybe it's more. No, it, I, I feel like that's closer to what it is. It's, it is as low pixel count as possible is what they're, they're going for there. Like, characters are like eight pixels tall. Um, yeah, and that's 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 like that's what they were going for, um, which is fine most of the time. Um, with the slight downside, kind of like you're saying, with you can scroll the map in and out, and when you're scrolled out, in order to have information you're going to need, sometimes it can be hard to tell what you're looking at. Um, like the art style works when you're zoomed in pretty close, and it 
works much less at a smaller scale. Um, oh, I see. Because hmm. when you're zoomed out, it's just hard to tell what you're looking at sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. tough. That's that's tough. That's a tough problem to deal with when you're if you want to go with a minimalistic art style, but you want to allow the player to zoom out. I don't even know how you'd fix that. Really, that's that's a tough. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know what the solution is there either. Um, but yeah, like it it I I really like it. Like the animations are good. They're tiny tiny characters. Like I said, really really low pixel count, but you get a really good feel for like the actual characters for like the pixel art is good for them being as small as they are it's really impressive it, it's it's this same sort of feeling as um you know sword and sorcery that that same sort of like it's it's so low res that you have to use your imagination to tell what's going on there but there's enough of a feeling there that you, you you know what you're aiming for. Um, you can see it on mobile. I can see this working really well on, like, a phone, um, just because, like, the way you move your character and stuff. Or, or is mm-hmm. that just because I'm early on? Could you see it working well on the on a mobile device? I, I think it would work fine. Uh, that, yeah, same. There's not a big diff. Like, it's basically a one-button game. You right-click to cancel your instructions to a character so far. But that's an easy enough thing to just, you to know, fix. add a button that means right click, and it would yeah. work fine on mobile. Um, well, they could probably charge a little cheaper. You know what's weird, Josh? Donut County is only five dollars on mobile. It's fifteen dollars on PS4. That's crazy. That's like a crazy. Uh, that's strange. They, can, they might be able to. Yeah. And uh, I was just looking into that this week, and it just it's interesting. So they might be able to charge a little less for the game maybe and do really well on mobile because like the movement you like hold down the mouse to move and stuff like that it just seems like it'd be a natural the music is fucking great you guys didn't tell me the music was so damn good mm-hmm. music is fucking great yeah wow yeah and the music is very good for sure i i enjoyed the music um i i'm one thing i actually want to praise this game for um is the the lack of grinding that you have to do in this game because games like fire emblem or shining force or most RPGs are pretty notorious for you having to do some level of grinding in this game. I don't really feel the need to grind at all. And I feel like I progress through the challenges just fine. Um, if I get a new character that's a little lower level, I just throw them into the fight and I take out a higher level character and I still do fairly well in the fight because the rest of my characters are higher level. And then the character eventually mm-hmm. gets caught up. And that's felt super natural. That is very rare in the genre. Um, to not have to grind as much. So I, like, I want to you know, like, give praise to the, these guys um, who are, or, and Michael who are developing this game. Because it's not a grind fest. Um, it's you're playing the game. Um, you're going through. And you're just experiencing, you know, the the game itself and not the grindy nature of this genre. And it's really refreshing that I don't have to grind all the time in order to feel like I need yeah. I can go to the next level. Well, the mm-hmm. way the gameplay works, too, grinding would be, it seems like it'd be really laborious if they had to grind because of just how the pacing yeah, of the combat... The, the, 
this game would not have worked or would not work, I guess, because it's still it's not out yet. Technically, um, would not work <laughs> if you had to grind. If you had to grind, this game would I wouldn't have spent as much time as I have with it. I'm almost done with chapter three. I think I have a few like one or two fights left and then I'm done. And it's been a pleasure from beginning to end uh, multiple times at work this week. I was like, man, I want to get back and play this game. I'm having a lot of fun with this game. And it's been great. It's been pleasant. Um, I didn't expect to like it as much as I did, to be honest with you. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for like them to... Yeah, I'm excited for them to wrap up the next few chapters and get it out there and so other people can experience it. It's, I, think, I think it's a fun game. Uh, depending on the price point, I think it's totally worth picking it up. Um, it's yeah. it's it's definitely a fun game for anyone who's a fan of tactics. Um, it doesn't feel like I said it doesn't feel like that grindy nature. So if like if you are a beginner into tactics, it's not a bad entry into a tactics type game. And it to me, it doesn't feel overly difficult at all, and it's been fun. So. And of course, a little different gameplay, like we're talking about with the the active battling and whatnot, um, certainly makes it have a, its own twist, its own flair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'm glad you're enjoying it. Um, I'm not far enough in it to really make any strong assessments like that. I'm still wrapping my head around the concept. I just love the music. Not so big on the art style, but uh sounds like you're really, really digging it, so that's cool. Um to hear. So cool to hear. Yeah. Uh sure. yeah, so it's it's called Flamberge. Maybe we'll you know. They give us code, so thank you if you end up listening to this at all. Um, regardless, we appreciate the codes. So I wanna stick with it a little bit more and see if I can wrap my head around the combat. Yes. Um because it's way it's Thank it's, you. It's, thank you to Michael for sure on that. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. Anytime somebody gives us codes and make us feel special, you know, <laughs> thank you for that. That's for sure. We, we want to feel special. And, and I'm looking right now. I'm not seeing a release date on it yet, unfortunately. But it looks like because I didn't look this up for the show because I'm a piece of shit. But um, he started the 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 Kickstarter four years ago for this game. So, oh wow, yeah. So, it's, how much is the Kickstarter pretty successful? Like, do you know how much it did? Uh, let me check real quick. Give me two shakes of lambstail. Okay, that's not the that's not the expression, but I'm gonna roll with it anyway. Give it two shakes of a micro. Um, right. So wh- the the goal the goal was um, one thousand five hundred. Yeah, fish is done. The actual. Is seven thousand two hundred and thirty, so they definitely met their goal. Yeah, cool. So, and I think that just goes to show that, like, with that being done, that they will, you know, they're including more missions essentially. And I'm actually reading this. There's going to be multiplayer. They're going to have it up oh. in November, and there's going to be three game modes for November, and there's going to be five multiplayer stages. And there will be a public ranking system. And you can actually listen to the, the soundtrack on SoundCloud. It's all available there right now. Cool. Yeah. So, unfortunately, no release date um, as of yet. 
Okay. Yeah. I guess it's that's always tough. Um, you know, fish. You've been pretty quiet here, but you can probably help me with the outro. Um, fish. If someone would like mm-hmm. to find Shay's podcast, what? How can they find it? Oh, that's easy. They could go to uh, swordchomp.com and they could browse through our finely made website, catered by Josh, and um, they could find our RSS feed there. They could also find us on uh, iTunes and uh, pretty much anywhere. They can find us anywhere, can't they? Yeah. No, they can't. <laughs> Well, yeah, those not are every, the main places. Uh, yeah. uh, um, for Android, you can go to uh, the uh, the Android or Google Play Music and search us there. Uh, a lot of people go straight to Google Play, and it will not bring up uh, Sword Chomp there. You can't find our podcast there. So just go to your uh, me- Google Music app and search us there, and that's where you'll find us. That's you would find us or Shay's. That was Shay's podcast we were talking about. Oh, uh, I believe you can find him on Google as well. Eh. Yeah, I think we're we're not. Eh. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just totally watching. Fit. What? What? If, well, they. What if they're looking for Shay's podcast? They got to find it by the name too, so they're gonna have to know what it's called. Um, oh, evoking the sublime. Um. Yes, evoking. I'm just giving you shit, fish. I'm not going to torture you with all these. <laughs> uh, but yes, we. So we, uh, no, it's we're not on Google Play yet, right? Evoking the Sublime is not on Google Play. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. I can't do it. I've been asking you guys to help me out with that for like over two months now because I can't do it over here. Japan doesn't have access to Google Play. Like it's we're region terrible locked. Friends. God damn it, Josh and Fish. What the hell? What kind of friends are you? What the mm. fuck, guys? <laughs> Terrible friends, apparently. Josh, I've literally asked nothing of you ever. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lie. I literally ask everything of you. Um, Everything. No, but um, yes, and you can find our main podcast, of course, on almost every feed, the Chompcast. But it's called Evoking the Sublime. Shay's doing some interviews, more exciting stuff in the future. I have a podcast called In the Blood. Interview composers and things like that in the industry. You can find it. Search wherever you get podcasts from, put in the blood in there and see if it shows up. Um, oh, Morgan, did you hear about Fish's uh, new business venture, actually? Has he talked with you about this yet? I think this is the best time for an announcement at the end of the podcast. Where All right, well, you know listening. what? I'll make the announcement because I know Fish is a little bit shy, but he has a new condom yeah. line called Rip It. And it's wow. exactly <laughs> what it sounds like. <laughs> Halfway just through, when you're done with it, off. you just rip it. I thought it was because uh, he was just so frustrated it wouldn't fit on his micro penis that he ripped it in anger. No. Well, you know what? That's funny that you mentioned that because they have fish is developing a new line for the micro penis size. So now everyone can protect themselves from diseases or unwanted pregnancies. <laughs> it's just like a paste. You don't even need a condom. It's just so small. It's like a paste that you just dab over and let it dry. Uh, like you cover it's like, like it's like what is it liquid <laughs> adhesive like a liquid yeah, band-aid it's like, <laughs> it's like you put on a pimple before you go to sleep or something that's right Rip but it. no he's he's developing this line for the the average consumer who he basically you know like sometimes <laughs> when you're having sex and you just you're halfway through and you're like you know what 
I'm tired of this. I have no feeling. I just want to bareback it from here on out. And so you just rip it off. And, you know, it's <laughs> difficult because, like, you're in the throes of your passion and you're like, all right, well, I got to, you know, get myself situated, you know, slowly unravel it and get it off. But Fish had the unravel it. just the ability to see into the future and say, you know what? The average consumer needs to be able to just grab and rip. They got to go quick. They, these are precious, oh. precious seconds as they're attempting like to a, achieve orgasm. And like a, they cannot a, be wasted <laughs> taking off an unwanted condom. It's like a parachute. It's like a pull tab and there's a little air pocket and it just shoots the condom off the penis. It's actually, no, it's like, it's like, it's, it's durable yet. Like there's this area. If you grab it and you just rip, it's like ripping a phone book. Mm-hmm. Super easy. It's like airbag technology. <laughs> like just given the right trigger, an explosive device will actually blow the condom directly off your cock. That's allowing what I'm you saying. To continue. That's exactly what I was saying. That's dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. That that that's mm-hmm. dangerous in in the throes of passion. But like, well, that's what's fun though. They, well, they you know say... what? You can develop your own line. <laughs> don't 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 try <laughs> and sit here and argue about Fish's brilliant genius invention. So look out on Swordchomp.com. Um, we're gonna have a mo- new merch tab popping up. First ever sanctioned Swordchomp merchandise. Rip it. What if, what if it was what if it was ripped, but he still wanted the? It's a ripped condom because you still want the thrill of a pregnancy scare. <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, like here's the thing: like you can't tape them back together, unfortunately, because of the the material they're made. <laughs> I don't know why we're still going on with this. Why why have we kept this joke going this long? Like this Well, this is what happens. (laughs) On the very long shows, we have we haven't had a very long show in a long time, but if you look back in our history, it once we cross a threshold of time, it really starts to degenerate. (laughs) It gets weird. It's like hour forty five, hour forty five, three hours twenty minutes. Like what happened there? But they were joking about condoms. Yeah. This is where the good stuff's hiding. Um, so rip it. Uh, also look for rip it at your local uh, Walgreens. Um, we have some good plans in the future <laughs> for all sorts of great podcasts. Walgreens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Make sure you everyone... go pick up that tiny bottle of black velvet and rip it. <laughs> um, if you want to follow any of us at any various handles, rich uh, fish as of now is uh, fish sticks fish on Instagram. Shay is Professor Layton with two ends. Josh is on Twitter. Or Josh, are you Radical Weber on Twitter? Uh, no, I'm just Josh Fowler on Twitter. I huh. think there's an underscore between those. Let me check. I'm pretty sure that, yes, the underscore between them. Giving out the handles. Thanks for checking out the show. It's been a long run, of course. Patreon.com slash Swordchomp. Go there now and support us. We love you forever. We will see you next week. And until then, for everyone here at the Chompcast... Peace out. Later. And rip it. (laughs) Rip it good.